need a fifth player. Hey, coach, listen, you got any more of that secret stuff? I think it's starting to wear off. It didn't wear off. It was just water. You guys had the special stuff inside of you all along. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. But listen, you got any more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. can I have some too? What's this uh, NBA player's name in this clip? Uh, this is Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. That was Space Jam. Right. Okay, and got Space it. Jam, like Michael Jordan, changed everything. Oh, right. Got it. Did Space Jam change everything? <laughs> no, Space Jam changed nothing, um, except for the lives of many of uh, people my age. Um, you know, but as I've spoke to you about before, for sports fans, the scenario of, you know, who would you put, pick to play for the, hum- you know, the fate right. of humanity in a game, you know, one on one or whatever. Um, that kind of is the so alien funny. scenario from Space Jam. So like it's funny a very that that's held thing. on. Yeah, yeah. Right. And of course, the movie is based on commercials and retroactively <laughs> designed and has tons of problems. And if you've listened to How Did This Get Made, you know that. But um, but it is kind of funny that it holds up. I, I was um, – I'm just jumping right in here. Yeah, um, go for it. But I was uh, recently on my buddy – our buddy, Adam's uh, DNVR show, live show. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about the uh, current Michael Jordan and the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, which is one of the sure. few things that is new that people can watch during this quarantine and I was kind of blown away. Um, we had a great discussion about Last Dance, but I was I was kind of shocked. Um, there are four guys on that uh, show, and right. I was the, kind of the guest. And two of them, at least, were just talking about how much they don't like sports movies. And these are this is a sports you know site. I mean, they, sure. they are a sports you know that's what they do, and uh, which kind of surprised me because I've always really loved. You know, the two things, you know me, the two things that keep Patrick going are sports and movies. So um, I've always loved sports movies and thought that there are so many sports fans that we should be making more of them. I just never kind of understood why that was. I think it was kind of a sweet spot in the 80s where a ton of sports movies came out and now there really aren't. And when when they do come out, they're more like a money ball or something like that blindside where mm-hmm. the sports are kind of the background of it. But it's never really about like, here's a team and they're this is their season and this is, you know what I mean? They're like right. a little family and right. we'll follow the drama of that. Um, so I was really surprised that uh, they weren't uh, inter- that interested in sports movies, but I was more surprised that uh, they asked me what my favorite sports film was. And I answered, I said, this is a boring answer because this is what everybody says. But I think the original Rocky is kind of the gold standard for right. sports movies. And not only uh, did I not really get an agreement um, I got an outright, oh, well, that's a shitty movie. So, <laughs> and and this was kind of interesting because I was waiting um, for sort of the, I'm a huge Jordan fan. I'm a Jordan super, that's why I'm on their show. I'm, sure. I'm introduced as the Jordan uh, crazy fan. Um, and I was kind of expecting the pushback from the younger guys, you know, hey, LeBron's better than Jordan. And that would have been fine. But I wasn't really ready for the attack on Rocky. It really shook me. Well, man. yeah, that, that would have that night. blown me away for sure. <laughs> well, because like, you know, Rocky, obviously everything's subjective, right? We all have our movies we like yeah. and we don't like. Um, I, I can acknowledge that The Wizard of Oz is an absolute classic and tell everybody I don't really ever want to see it again. Yeah. I don't really care. And it doesn't do anything for me. But also, if you break it down analytically, I understand what the elements of that film, why it is a classic film. I right. understand, right, historically what it did, but I also understand if you just go beat for beat, if you understand any, anything about telling stories, story structure, what narrative is in film, you know, I, I know why that movie has held up. And and in a lot of ways, the proof is in the pudding, right? If something has a staying power of a Rocky, you know, or Wizard of Oz, a Casablanca, whatever it is, 
Um, as we've talked about before, like the old Bond films, the pacing is always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I kept trying to get at these guys. I was like, so like it was too slow for you? Or you no, it's just shitty. And sort of that dismissive, like, no, it was just crappy thing. I was like, you know, this is a, a film that's on from people who know movies. It, it's this is, on this is just like if list. I said to these people, sports are stupid. And well, I exactly. don't care about exactly. it. You know, you'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. And right, I'd be like, course. well, I don't know. I'm not. And you just kind of dismiss it. You know? and, and like I was I was being ribbed a little bit. But um, but I did want to in defense of Rocky. I wanted to take, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. We, do, we, just we do need and, to defend and, it because I love quiet. Rocky. Yeah, well, it's like the thing was and, uh, what, most what, people what, love Rocky. Come on, this is of crazy. Course. This it, is it's, crazy. It's in our cultural lexicon, right? Like yes. it's part. It's like the fabric of our. So one of the things we talked about on that DNVR show was, um, you know, there's there are older things that are sort of rudimentary now, but we think of them as cliche when in actuality they invented the right. cliche. Everything just copied it. So you have to give credit where credit is due. Right. And right after we spoke about that, this Rocky thing came up, and I was just the whole time I was just thinking. That's relevant to this discussion. I mean, you're, you're talking about the movie that established what sports films are. I mean, before that, if you really look back, you could argue The Longest Yard, oh, you know, with Burt Reynolds yeah. from 74. You could argue that being kind of the first great sports movie. But Rocky's really the one that took it into the stratosphere, you know, except for be- one best picture. Right. Um, and I really thought there was going to be kind of an attack on the Rocky series, which I totally understand because I think the Rocky series is a fascinating study on how a film series that lasts long enough – will just kind of drift to what culture wants at different times and be totally aesthetically different, even though there's a through line there of a character. And, you know, the early Rocky films are one thing. And then the middle Rocky films in the 80s are music videos, MTV, right? Like full <laughs> montage. And yeah. they're super, they're the most entertaining, but they're also like, there's very little substance, right? It's almost all style. Um, and it's completely over the top. It's right. like a Fast and the Furious movie, but I love them. And then it kind of comes back around with Rocky Balboa and Creed. Right. But that first Rocky film to me, it, you know, if you're arguing this is a bad film, I kind of wonder, and I didn't want to take over their show, obviously. Um, well, I did, <laughs> but I wasn't allowed. But, um, but you know, you're kind of arguing 70s American film, that aesthetic and what that is, is not good. And to me, that's always – those aren't my favorite films. But if you get into like your Chinatowns, your French Connections, right, mm-hmm. your your Godfathers, those are considered – that's the decade, right, for mm-hmm. American filmmaking. That's the one where everyone says, you know, this was an art form. Yep. Before Spielberg and Lucas came in, who you and I love. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm more that kind of film fan anyway. But before that happened, there was a real art to it. Woody Allen's talked about this and how film could have gone one way and it went another way. And right. Rocky is that. It is a sports film. But it is completely like a commentary on American culture at that time, right? We're, we're, think about where it's set. Like it's set, we're on the cusp of the 200th anniversary of this country. Yep. Bicentennial is coming up. Uh, society is decaying around this guy, right? We're following this one character who has no uh, belief in himself, right? Is really living for nothing, just going day for day. He's alone in his apartment besides two turtles. You know what I mean? He doesn't even have his dog yet. Right. Um, you know, cuff and link those turtles. And, you know, there's there's an early scene. The whole establishing act is so perfect. I mean, they teach this movie in film school. My screenwriting teacher showed it to us. And, of course, I was already a Rocky fan, so that was cool. But I'd never thought about it in, in the regard of being kind of a blueprint of what you would follow to tell a story. And um, that whole establishing act, you know, you've you've just got this ultimate down on his luck guy with just the 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 city crumbling around him. I mean, there's nothing to really believe in, and that is so much a kind of a '70s American film. The difference is this one gave you something to kind of hope for at the end, right? Like it it didn't go full 
80s, you know, rah, rah, right. bump your chest. Like he doesn't win the fight. Right. He ends up losing. You know, you have to kind of regauge your expectations, which is a little different than what we would get into later with Rocky. But ultimately, it's about finding a belief in yourself and some kind of faith and code to live for and also about finding love. I mean, Rocky is a love story, right? So you've got a guy with nothing going for him. And then he gets this one in a million chance to go and fight the heavyweight champ. And it's going to be a, a joke, right? It's going to be a show. He's just supposed to get taken out into a couple rounds, right. but at least he'll get to be in this fight. But what ultimately happens is from this one in a million shot, this guy just starts developing his life, right? He finds some belief in himself and some confidence, right? Like as he builds his body, uh, suddenly now he's asking Adrian out, right? He's finally going on a date. He's developing a relationship. He's sharing a life with somebody. The, the opening act of this movie, he tries to help a little girl who he doesn't even know that well just because he sees she's in the wrong place, right? The wrong area, hanging with the wrong people. Walks her he's, home. He's so sweet and earnest good in guy. this movie. It's it's really nice, yeah. Yeah, he's got a big heart. And, and even she just says, you know, screw you, right? And but, as he's, but the hurtful part is as he's walking away, it's, yeah, who are you to give advice? Yeah. Like, his, his view of himself is so broken. Right. His best friend is Polly, the alcoholic, right? Who's just... You would never think of anyone wanting to hang out with him. But as he starts to build and as he starts to go for it, I mean, to me, it's the ultimate American myth. This is the what we kind of are our bedrock. Right. It's like it's not happiness that we're entitled to. It's the pursuit of happiness. Right. Like right. that is why those words are so powerful. It's we all have the ability to to go for something and to try. And what comes with that ultimately is the victory. And this is kind of stealing from we were talking about the Jordan documentary, which we'll get to. But yeah. Kobe Bryant, who modeled himself off of Michael Jordan. You know, he made a speech toward the end of, end of his career, and it was a little corny, but I also think he fully believed it where he said, when you fall in love with the process, you'll realize that it doesn't matter the end result. It's when you fall in love with the process, you'll realize you're living the dream there before you've won the championship. Sure. It's all those hard days in the gym in the morning. You're already living the dream. And that, again, like Rocky reflects all of these things. I know I'm touching on a well, lot of that, stuff. That's that's but. exactly my thought through all this is is that in in sports what it seems like is that sports fans care more about how you play than who won and i, I don't right. know that that's true right. but that's how it seems to me and it definitely matters and like in for sure. starting in the 80s you probably have just black and white uh situations in these movies most of the time and that's what you're right. getting at is that right. the fact that it's a gray area that he doesn't win and it's really about yeah. what got him there and 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 that it's even in the dialogue of the movie that I forget how it's worded but the commentators are like wow this guy is really you know amazing what he did right rather right. than being right. like well he lost yep we were expecting him to lose which is kind Instead of the vibe that you get later yeah. yeah he really brings everybody in regardless of what the outcome is so i don't know that that's that's what changed i think is well, just the, the, the black final, and white the final thing that i'll kind of yeah i'll kind of tag on it that is like you know like you just said it's not the winning and losing. You know, there's a moment in that they do it so well building that you start to think, and this would be the full 80s tilt, right? Mm -hmm. You start to think, oh, my God, he's going to win. Right. right. Like he right. starts to believe he can win. Other people do. And you say, oh, my God, he could win. And this is where it could have just become like a good sports well, movie. But, but that's a the magic of the film. movie is that, right? Exactly. That they tease he, it. Well, he can't it, sleep. He can't yeah. sleep the night before the, the, the fight. He goes to the gym. That he basically says, "Hey, you got my poster wrong. You've got the colors wrong." And the com the, the guy who set up the fight says, "It doesn't really matter." You know what I mean? Like he's like, "You don't matter." And like that's such a it's it's understated, right? But it hits so hard. And he goes back home, and Adrian has now moved into him in with him. So again, he's he's got someone now to share his life with for the first time. And he says, "I can't win." And right before you enter the third act, I mean, again, this is perfectly structured right before you enter the third act when you started to believe all the montages running up the stairs, all these things have happened. 
that's when he's got to reassess his goals, right? And like come back down to reality. And then all he wants to do is stay on his own two feet, right? That no one could beat him down. And that's like the ultimate metaphor for sports and for life. And I don't know how that can't resonate. Like to me, that's absolute poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly, re- regardless of what you think about the aesthetic, the filmmaking, the pace, whatever it is, to argue there's nothing there, it's almost like, oh, Moby Dick, that book sucked, right? Well, it's literature. You're, you're not going to enjoy it the way you would maybe just right. a book you would read for entertainment, but ultimately you understand you have to put more into into the reading of it, right? right. And you come away with more because there is that substance there. Um, and to me, again, the end, they're announcing who won. Rocky lost. He doesn't care. He's screaming out for Adrian. She's jumping into his arms. I mean, that is a, you know, yeah, you can argue again, kind of cheesy, but yeah. ultimately, I mean, that's the ultimate moment. I mean, if anybody had that yeah, in course. their lives- it's a moment you'd always hang on to. And I could argue, I'm not going to do this, but I could go into all that. They invented the Steadicam for the stair shot. I mean, this uh, influenced yeah. film. I could argue all of the technical stuff. I could argue the the independent feel of it, how they had yeah. to wait for trains and, and, and design their filming schedule yeah, around when trains money, were going else, for production yeah. value, yeah. right? Like all of these things are super impressive. But it just blew my mind that sports fans <laughs> at this point, it hasn't been that long. Yeah, that's weird, but man. have kind of dismissed uh, that movie. I, not Rocky Three, not Rocky Four, which I also <laughs> love, but are action figure movies. I mean, they're, right. you know, toy movies. Um, so I just wanted to do a, a, a brief defense. I think I've kept it to about 10 minutes or so. No, that's great. Uh, maybe 15. I, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you said. And obviously, here on a movie podcast, I think we're going to appreciate Rocky regardless. So for well, sure. I don't, I don't for think sure. anybody And does. DNVR, hey, great site. Check them out. Um, don't judge them. On they are <laughs> objectively incorrect on I'm this, judge but they're them. right on a lot of things. Not Adam, you know. But, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my Rocky Very rant. Good. Thanks again. I'll have another one probably in five more episodes. Well, that's good. We could release that as a mini sode. That's just a separate. There you, there you <laughs> I'm Patrick's impassionate plea. That's great. Know that I had an aneurysm right. That's afterwards. great. One day I'll rant about something that I care about. I don't know. I can't wait. Um, I can't I don't wait. Know what that would be. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, welcome. We're doing episode twenty three right now. Um, Patrick hopefully will sound a little bit better than our last commentary track. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We hope um, so. No, no, definitely not his fault. Just uh, equipment and uh, you know isolation between us. Um, but yeah, we uh, we have been watching lots and lots and lots and lots of movies and TV. So at many home, things, and we should talk about a bunch of that shit. I think. Um, well, for sure, and we've been dropping commentaries for the first time, which yeah. have been very enjoyable, and I, we've gotten I some really them. good feedback. Super so thanks fun. for watching, and and yeah. and we're gonna definitely keep doing them. I think as long as uh, Patrick's available, uh, I'm definitely indefinitely available. So, <laughs> um, so we're gonna, I think, uh, put up another uh, Twitter poll in the next few days. Um, of a few movies to choose from. We're going to try to stick to Netflix movies so people can definitely watch them along with us. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know. What have you been watching? So the biggest thing, which I want to save for a little longer because I don't want to immediately go into a 20-minute rant, but uh, the biggest thing is this Last Dance documentary um, about Jordan and the Bulls. But um, let's let's put a pin in that and and hold on that for for a little bit. What are the stupid things you've been watching? (laughs) Yeah, what are the normal uh, dumb stuff? Did you watch Extraction? Yeah, so oh, let's start there then. I dug you, it. Because you saw that, right? I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, not reinventing the wheel or not anything. Not at all. But, but a, a good Netflix streaming film. Like really? If you like action movies, you know, a good I would even put it in the category of if this had been in theaters, I would have, I think, equally appreciate. Like, I, don't, I agree. I don't think my appreciation for it is so significantly more because it was free on Netflix. That, that's I fair. really that's fair. dug it. I thought um, it had some of the best 
gunplay, even though that's a weird word, the but action that is was great. that is the, the word. Um, gunplay and uh, and just general action, practical stunts uh, that, that I've chase, seen the in choreography years. Of that. And then yeah. yeah, the long take. There's a really yep. long take yeah. in the oh, middle man. of the movie that um, great. That uh, you know deserves some recognition. It's not like 1917 or anything, but it's it's significant in how much action they crammed into this long yep. take. It's one of the yep. best action long takes I've ever seen for sure. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. And, and you know and, some of the camera work is a little bit questionable in that, but I I give it a pass. It's just it's really good. Did what um, it could. Yeah. And, um, and, and and you know yeah. it had look it hit the ground running so it didn't slow down to establish right. this stuff you know unlike Iraqi, um, but it uh, and it hit it on the fly. I would say the action was eighty percent or maybe even ninety, and the story you know the kind of the heartbeat was ten to twenty. And but honestly, it did it did wedge that in there, man. It had some real heart. It, it you know there was some important some of those scenes with the kid and yep, just general yep. death and all of this. Uh, the kids in this movie were outstanding. I mean, relative I to what you expect from kids in a you know a kind of a essentially a stupid action movie um but the performances were all around great i don't Agreed. think there was anybody Agreed. in the movie where i was like yeah this is just kind of an action Dude, performance H- it, they were from good. stranger things yeah. hopper who yeah, was yeah. just in two scenes solid uh, uh, fantastic yeah. like, that could be anyone right but there, there's a whole backstory to that that you're left thinking about and gives it yes. a lot of weight yes uh and that didn't have to be a lot and, of these you know movies don't uh, Hem- uh, chris chris hemsworth is yeah. not yeah. thor you know and ama- i we i think we've seen he's been in a lot of great stuff he's obviously hilarious as thor in certain movies and yeah, he sure. uh he's good he's also got some really really good comedic timing in this he's uh, fine. <laughs> He's just fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, um, whereas like the kid I thought was outstanding. Um, and, uh, like you said, uh, what's his face from stranger things. And, and just, right. I think of the entire supporting cast was really good. Even the he, guy, he, the, 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 the dad's, you know, right hand henchman guy yes. that was after him. Fantastic. Also, we had Maybe entire as good as dramatic yeah. scenes from him and you're like, when does that ever happen? He's just you know, like it was really, it was really a, a father and son story. I mean, yeah. you've got this kid that's going to be extracted because this warlord, or drug dealer it's his son right even though he's threatening like he wants his son back he immediately appeals to his right hand man you'll never see your son again if I don't get mine back and then you've got Hemsworth all the weight of his son and having lost him exactly you know know I'm not spoiling too much that's very quickly established but you know I I thought about that kind of as the movie was going Um, who who are your uh, give me your favorite Chris's in order Chris Pine (laughs) Chris Hemsworth Chris Pratt Chris Evans uh, top to bottom I would put uh, I would put uh, Chris Pine's definitely the lowest and I'm not saying that because I think he's bad but I think he's real boring agree on 100%. 100%. And, and I love the, him, but he's the, the least. I, yeah, I, I appreciate him, I guess. But the fact that he was given Jack Ryan and is totally forgettable, like we we yeah, forget that movie even exists. I don't even know what it's called, but he was Jack I'd Ryan like in a forget. movie. Shadow and, Recruit uh, or something. something stupid. <laughs> that's not it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Oh, I had it for a second. Anyways, that's such a garbage, like, uh, foray for him and then yeah you have chris hemsworth i would put second to last okay, uh right and on. then um you know pratt and evans i would put evans probably first i think evans is really solid okay. Okay. um pratt probably second just because i don't think he's sig- a super significant dramatic actor he's obviously hilarious um yeah, and i think yeah. he's a little when when he's taking when he's taking his lines seriously in Jurassic World movies, right? Um, right. It's a little bit 
too ridiculous yeah, for ridiculous. me. He should just have so fun. He's Brendan what, Fraser for today. That's what he's he's <laughs> leaned into that coin. He, I think he's think much funnier it. than Brendan Fraser, but but that's fair. But that's um, like the style yeah. of adventurer he's doing, right? Right. Right. Like, right. Anyway. Uh, so I put him second and, and, uh, Chris Evans, I think has done some good dramatic stuff. I haven't watched that new show on Apple. He's, he's the star of a show called, uh, defending Jacob on Apple. And, um, he's been in some good movies though, that are dramatic. And, uh, and I think even when he is being dramatic as Captain America, because Captain America really isn't a, he's kind of a straight man and he, he's generally very earnest and, and, and solid, um, I think his dramatic work in the Avengers movies is probably better than most. Um, right. So, right. so that's why I put him for. I think that's all the Chris's, right? Did we miss anybody? Yeah. Well, that's all the Chris's that I care that about. You mentioned, yeah. <laughs> other than maybe some Chris's in my own life. If right. I can't think of you, and right, your friend right, of mine. Right. I do care about you. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like your order, man. I, okay, I probably cool. pretty much mirror that. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, outside of extraction, yeah. I, I have gone well, back. I, I've dove in some some stuff that's uh, you know a couple years old, things cool. like that. Uh, did you ever watch? I know you've talked to me about. Is it Making Waves, the documentary about sure. the sound? Yeah, yeah. So did you ever see Keepers of the Magic? It's a cinematography documentary. No, no but I'll check it, it out. It's pretty good, man. It's not like a, you have to see this is the greatest thing you'll ever, you'll ever watch about cinematography. But, um, but along with like the documentary that Keanu Reeves produced the side by side where it's digital versus, you know, and there's one other that I'm, I'm not going to be able to remember, but, um, it was good, man. For anybody who really appreciates film and the visuals and what goes into them, they interview five or six different cinematographers and, and you'll know them. You'll know their films if you don't know them. Um, and kind of their takes on different things, whether it be color, whether it be like, you know, the way you shoot a film now that where everyone can see immediately what's going on and how the cinematographer has lost some of the decision making in that way. But it's really fascinating for anybody that's interested in how a movie gets put together. I mean, this is a visual art first and foremost. And they talk about, you know, one of them's a foreign cinematographer. He talks about he didn't even know film was sound, even though he grew up in the 60s because he would be up in the booth. That was the only place he ever saw film oh, sure. from. And there was no sound there. And he would Very just see the images. Uh, and it's just uh, it's a really sweet kind of, you know, if you love film, it just it really is kind of a magical thing. I guess How it's appropriate. It's called Keepers out? of the Magic. This is only like two years old. OK. And it, and it was a documentary made for television. Oh. Um, I had never heard of it. And it just kind of popped up on, you know, those suggestions where they're stealing all my information and they know what I like. Uh, and they were like, you may like this. And I loved it, man. I just sat up, got up one morning, watched it on a Saturday. And that's awesome. yeah. uh, it just made me want to make well, movies. Yeah, that's great. The thing. These these documentaries about movie making just are so comforting. Uh, yeah, being yeah. in the positions that we're in, and we just, yeah, it, it's so comforting. Uh, so I dig that. Um, yeah, check it out if you get a chance. There's so much stuff that I've watched. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where do we even start. Um, did you watch Bad Education yet on HBO? No, haven't seen that. Really great, man. I, I didn't know the story. I knew it was based on a true story, and that's all that I knew. Um, but uh, Hugh Jackman, given a, an amazing yep. performance, yep. and seen I think you'll really dig it. It's it's just a, a, a really, you know, it, I wouldn't say it's a wild story. Obviously, uh, you'll see what it's all about. But, uh, but uh, just a great movie. Really, really solid uh, okay. movie. Um, so I watched... Uh, a movie that I'm sure we've talked about, but I'll be honest, uh, I was not prepared for what it really was. I watched Iron <laughs> Eagle, and oh I had yes. never seen it. Yes. And yes. Uh, going into Iron Eagle, which is 1986, I think, uh, which Top Gun was what, 85? 
four. Uh, I no, know. Top Gun was also 86. Oh, fuck. Okay, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, what a thing, huh? <laughs> Iron Eagle, I thought, was just a cheap Top Gun, which you yes. could say, you could yes. oversimplify and say right. that. Right, for sure. But it's, in my opinion, not, because as someone that didn't know what the plot was, and then to watch this movie unfold. Chappy, man. The oh. fucking plot of this movie, yes. I don't know yes. how they m- got it made. Like I know. It, and it, it's not to say that it's so weird. It just was so weird relative to what I expected. I expected, you know, people in the military flying right. planes and the drama around <laughs> it. And it's like, that's kind we're of not, not what it is this, take it. this is no, one step crazier like yes. one step off 100%. the deep end from that and it's uh, kind of goonies meets top gun that's it that is an <laughs> excellent excellent way to put it man i hope jess's brother I, uh roy is listening because he and judy that's like his wife judy's like favorite all-time movie really? you know they were coming up and they were in high school you know a little it's, bit after that so it would have been a corny story right but the actual performances from the main characters and the writing of the main characters are not corny they're they are taking it full serious they are playing it straight it's on the level and And you know what it's a movie that only in that decade appreciate that (laughs) yeah only in that era in my opinion yeah could audiences have taken that movie? That movie has to be ironic exactly. now. It has to be like a kick-ass exactly. now where we're leaning in on the joke. We know the joke because we're post-irony now. Yeah, back but then. But at that time, <laughs> the sentiment was just so fucking pure, man. In a lot of ways, like yeah. ridiculously. But, it's hard but in to a lot of ways, imagine. also, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool that there was one era. And I think it did take us coming out of Vietnam and coming out of that yeah. era of just having nothing to really – have pride in right like that's what it it feels like anyway when you look back on documentaries and stuff and sort of taking that back even though i acknowledge and i think there was an overstep the other way into sort of jingoism i mean there's a reason gi joe became the ultimate you know like the americans saving the world policing the world type of cartoon for kids who are five like me uh there's a reason that really flourished in that era but um but iron eagle is a product of that um and it reminds me a lot of last starfighter in that way where it's like any kid in america who can oh well now you gotta watch it (laughs) Those are almost companion pieces in the way that this is Top Gun. Yeah. In in another way. That is that is Star Wars in another way. I've heard that. Uh, And they're both cheesier and, you know, and that's okay. Uh, Oh, man. Really satisfying, uh, man. Cool, man. That you watch Iron Eagle. Great. Shout out to uh, Lander. Uh, Our buddy Lander was uh, was like making a list of movies that we need to see. Nice. And uh, and I. I I just I wasn't ready and he you know to him it's like the movie he saw in the 80s so he's of course like, yeah Me of too. course this yeah. is you know this is this and, and I'm going son. I'm UG. not even aware of what I'm getting into um so another thing that I I kind of sort of binged but I highly recommend is there's a podcast we've talked about it off the pod about um Star Wars called Newcomers um yes. uh Nicole Byer and uh uh Lauren Lapkus and uh, essentially, uh, they go through all of the Star Wars movies for the first time. They've never <laughs> seen yeah. any of them. Um, so the fact that we have the ability to listen to two women that didn't give a shit about Star Wars, they actively avoided Star Wars their entire lives, uh, not only watch them for the first time and give us their thoughts, but also like become fans over the course of the episodes is is really kind of a gift because how often do you show someone star wars like that's not 
uh, Rarely, man. Highly Rarely. recommend the podcast. They are really great, and they uh, do not give a shit about the fans and the, the loyalty <laughs> that we have to Star Wars. They are just being brutally honest about. Now you know, said they experience. watch the originals. Do they dive into the prequels? Yeah, the they, they watched everything. So as okay. of this week, they've watched, or maybe last week, they've watched everything. They got. Well, give me give me the order because I haven't checked these out yet. Well, they, what, did they start? So with they the originals? Wa- they watched them in release order. So they watched the Perfect. originals, and then that's all you I know, asked. Prequels and and right. then after they and then uh, the only reason they went out of order at the end is because Rise of Skywalker didn't hit streaming until like yeah. recently right. and right. so they they were in quarantine finishing up the last few and so instead of doing Rise of Skywalker because they couldn't they did uh, Solo and Rogue One which I'm still no, finishing okay. those episodes so they did those two yeah. they also crammed in the Star Wars Christmas special in there oh, um, see that if they're yeah. willing to do that I'm willing oh, to oh they are they're full on <laughs> committed and then they did Rise of Skywalker and now they're about to they haven't released any Mandalorian yet, but they're gonna do some Mandalorian. Oh, so, yeah. um, anyways, the point to all of that is, I hadn't watched Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith in a very, Ooh, very, very long time, and so I watched those in you know in preparation for these episodes. And um, all of my takeaway is is uh, this is what I remember from years ago. Revenge of the Sith is pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I do not that, hate that movie. It's great. Uh, of the uh, prequels, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, obviously, I think yeah. you know how I feel. Of, of course, the, the of originals course. so much higher standard of the for, for that kind of movie. Hot, garbage. it's perfect. Oh man, yeah. it's so and bad. and yeah, it's, that's probably the weakest link. I think weaker than Phantom Menace, even though people mm-hmm. really shit on that one. But um. Yeah. At least Phantom Menace gave us the the great lightsaber battle there's, and a couple things like that. There's some redeeming qualities, right? Um, but ultimate now this is pod racing. <laughs> um, but uh, Revenge of the Sith, a, a, as much as it still is in that aesthetic that I don't like uh, yeah. of the prequels, and, and in a lot of ways, like there at least there's stuff going on. In, in a lot of ways, the prequels should not have been a trilogy. You know, whereas the originals work perfectly to me as a trilogy. Yeah. The prequels, it really does feel like George Lucas was like, I'm going to do another prequel. And then all he had was, okay, got to interview or introduce Vader as a kid. And then he was like, all right, well, we got to we gotta have some love story stuff and go to war. Like, that's important. So let's just have that happen. But it almost seems like they were all just one line that he wrote and never developed anymore. And then it was like, here's the downfall. Now, here's a movie. We've actually got a movie for the third one. Right. That's how it always felt to me. And Whereas the originals, even though... Yeah, I, I know he it, says they were playing it, it as a trilogy, the, but really they the, weren't. They work as a trilogy. The setting up the the specific beats that get you into a new hope, like you're saying, right. gives you a movie. Right. But it doesn't give 100%. you three. Yeah. Right. So that's exactly my takeaway, do, do too. You, yeah. Do you ever think about, um, and maybe again, maybe I think about structure more than a lot of people, because I know I just talked about structure with Rocky and um, <laughs> being having been a screenwriter, you know, and thinking about that, but... You ever think about how don't the original when you watch the original trilogy don't they feel like they all took place like the same gap of time is between each of those movies relatively yeah and they all sort of are very balanced in terms of that timeline here's an adventure the first one second one takes about the same amount of time third one same amount of time same amount of time between them it all works together yeah. as like one movie you know the first trilogy where you're taking this leap in time of like seven years or whatever between the first and second right and then there's been like a three year war before the third one. They're all kind of just loosely dangling. I mean, there's I could shit on these movies forever, but but just in that respect, it's kind of bizarre. And and whereas the new ones, which we've talked about at length, so I'm not going to dive completely in, but the new ones feel so disjointed because J.J. Abrams is so completely in control of seven and nine. 
right. where he clearly didn't have like a game plan. And then eight goes a different direction. And I dig that they went a different direction, but they still don't really work to me as like right. a trilogy. Not to say that I don't like anything in the movies, but no, they're just that, I think, one are the big weaknesses of those. Eventually they put into a box set that's called exactly. a trilogy. That's kind of <laughs> exactly. kind of what it is. I it's mean, not a traditional trilogy the way yeah, Star Wars is. It's unfortunate. Um, but, uh, you know, did all that and... Um, uh, you know, the bottom line is uh, Star Wars is uh, is ripe for some uh, some good stuff starting tomorrow, I think, because we're getting. Yeah, it's uh, going to be great. We're get, tomorrow is May the 4th. So we're getting this Mandalorian. Uh, what are they calling it? Gallery. Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian. Uh, right. And it's a documentary making of series we've talked about. So that starts technically. That's what I'll be watching. Technically, probably tonight at midnight. So that's what I'm doing. Um, right. And uh, and then uh, you know if they just now that we're done with all the Skywalker saga, I think we can focus on uh, better things. And so if we're gonna yeah. have Star sure. Wars in our life, I think now is maybe the time that it'll be well, yeah, able expand, to get explore. better because it. Right. We're done with the bullshit, and uh, and Mandalorian, I think, is dictating how Sony First step in is feeling about Star Wars. So, right, uh, sure. so I'm excited. Oh, and then by the let, way, let me... uh, real quick on Star Wars, the months ago I had said that I did an overnight job at. Uh, oh, I just clicked my printer. Um, <laughs> Whoops. R2, uh, turn that off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did an overnight at Galaxy's Edge months ago. I told you about that yeah, for some yeah. kind of shoot. And that was um, an episode of the Buddy versus Duff cake challenge, um, <laughs> which I don't have anything to do with, but I was yeah, on the crew yeah, yeah. building a, a set piece. And um, and that airs tonight, uh, May 3rd. So uh, check cool, that man. out uh, yeah. because it's Star Wars themed and it's the finale and they have Star Wars themed cakes and everything. So Shout out to Kelly. Um, and all <laughs> Shout out to uh, me. Let me say la- yeah, last thing ahead. there on, uh, on Star Wars, um, yeah. I, just because I love this. You know, my brother um, occasionally texts me, and usually it's about sports. Every now and again, it'll be about movies. And he, right. I think he is generally interested in my takes on movies. Like, he'll kind of test a lot of his takes against sure. my takes and see what I think. Um, and he was like, he texted me the other day. He said, hey, Star Wars, Star Wars Day coming up. I was like, yep. And he's like, Gonna watch some Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, and I was like, "Yep, sure I will." And I didn't really go into the fact that I'm gonna watch the documentary or whatever. He's like, "Which yeah. one you watching?" And I was like, oh, "You know, I usually just lean for them. the original, yeah, trilogy." Matt, we're like, gonna, we're gonna do all of them all day. That's I dip into that, yeah, all nine, <laughs> taking a day off from work, um, and then a day to recover. The next right, day. right. Um, and he was like, "I'm watching Jedi. That's my favorite one." And I was cool. Like we were shooting the no, breeze about fair. Star Wars, yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Right on, cool." And then, and then he was like, um, that's my favorite one. I was like, that's a good one, man. That's about as good a conclusion as you can find, you know, to right. a trilogy. Then about 30 minutes later, he texted me, I'm going to watch all of them. <laughs> and it made me so happy that's that he so was awesome. just like, I- I'm going to check them all out. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. I decided I'm doing them all. Um, and I was like, cool, man. Let me know what you think. So he's revisiting them because oh, awesome. he's uh, got the Disney Plus too. But, uh, uh, it it yeah. was real cool uh, going back and forth it's, with them. It, it's just a solid thing to revisit right now. I, think. Yeah, I just watched Jedi the other day too. So that's that's great. It's a fun conclusion. Um, hey, um, one other yeah. thing that, uh, that I saw, and this is, uh, again, Tell a documentary me. going back a couple of years. Have you ever seen Love Gilda about Gil- Gilda Radner? No, man, that's it's an emotional one, but but that's a a good flip. I mean, it, so much of it is about that first season of SNL right. and getting that started. Gilda, I don't know if you know, but Gilda was the first person picked for Saturday Night Live. Oh, she was I didn't the know first that. Performer, nice. Um, so Lauren Michaels got her right off the bat. 
Um, and it's really sweet. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of a, a tragic, terrible end. You know, mm-hmm. she dies of cancer. She's married to Gene Wilder. It doesn't have nearly as long a life as you would want. But um, sure. But it was a fa- it was a very human take. They actually open up her her journals, her diaries, and they have other performers like Bill Hader, Tina Fey, people no who shit. idolized her, read her stuff from her voice as their. That's kind of the the how the documentary, the thread for mm-hmm. it. And it was really moving and really funny. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in there. And um, it was just really good, man. If you get a chance to uh, check it out, Love Gilda, it, it's a good doc. It's very um, insightful. So That's awesome. I will. And what's nice is I have this podcast to remind me to watch it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so later on, yep, I will there just you go. listen. There um, you go. I have a couple of uh, quick rants on old movies. We watched The, oh, Mum- yeah. Do it. the, we watched the Mummy this week with uh, one, of, oh. one of my movie-watching groups, and they uh, – I forget if it was Austin or someone, but um, someone pointed out how thin Rachel Vice's eyebrows are in it, <laughs> and I could That's not. What I remember from that movie. I could not not see it. The whole movie was ruined. <laughs> she has that's awesome. These super thin, like I know that's a style that some women do. I don't know for if, sure. And obviously, sure. this is based in the twenties, so I don't. I don't really know if that's relevant. But uh, but man, is that weird? I wonder um, if she still got them. You think now? I don't, I don't we need think to look so. at a modern picture. I don't think of her. I don't think Daniel Craig uh, would uh, enjoy that very much. It's a very <laughs> weird need, look. I need thick eyebrows. Um, just, thick or eyebrows. no, just normal eyebrows. Just not, just eyebrows. Right. 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 Um, and uh, and I also watched The Martian again uh, in preparation for. I'm going to watch some other Mars movies this week. I think. But so a lot of um, M letter movies for you. A lot of yes. M- they're movies. almost all M's. movies. Um, and. Uh, and I just want to say that The Martian made so much money and it was nominated for Best Picture and it was up for all these awards. And it ha- it is so stupid. Um, I thoroughly <laughs> well, it was nominated enjoy it. for comedy. I thoroughly, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy it. Like, I really, really do. But it has some of the worst dialogue in a Ridley Scott movie. Like, I don't even understand mm, right. how the writing of this dialogue got past the first. It, it's so bad. Some of the dialogue is so stupid. And it's not just like one. Like we talked about National Treasure, mm. how Riley's the, the oh, one yeah. with the yeah. stupid dialogue. Right. Almost everyone in The Martian has stupid dialogue, like okay. uh, universally. And I I. I struggle with it because I struggled with it when it came out and I kind of went, eh, and I'm, I'm just yeah, done yeah. giving movies a pass when everyone says it's great. And it's really, it's, it's great for different reasons. It's not a good movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I love Ridley Scott. Well, and honestly, I- the only person in the movie that I don't think is stupidly written. And I think it is all just due to the actor is Mackenzie Davis. I think she's, okay. she's one of my okay. favorite actresses and she's, you know, in that as the, you know, mission control right, person. Right, right. I'm um, just going to take your word on this perfect. one because that's not a movie that I would ever revisit. And that's not me knocking <laughs> ever, the movie either. Ever? It's just, well, I, I, if I happen to catch it, I might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is like, I enjoyed that movie when I saw it. Sure. And I, my memory of it will always probably be what I first saw because it's not one I'm probably going to rehash yeah. unless there's a situation where, it ha- you know, you invite me to something, they're doing a screening and a Q&A or something if we ever get out of the house again. Yeah. Um, but I, but the one thing I do remember from that movie, which has just been – seems like it's being copied all over the place now, is that ending of the 
okay, we need you to fly out into space where there's infinite amount of like trying to eyeball this, right? And you're shoot so the, sensitive to the space. Well, stuff. I hate that. Yeah, you know, I'm so scared anyway. But one of my most haunting for anybody who doesn't know yeah. doesn't know me. If we've got any fans that I don't know, um, my most haunting uh, fears are Two fears. spiders yep. and and outer space, just drifting off into space. I think it's I like, saw a movie. Maybe you know what it might have been. Might have been the James Bond, the old um for uh. Uh, what is it? You only live twice where the rope gets snapped and the, and the astronaut just floats off. I saw oh. that. And I saw that clip, not the movie, but that clip from 2001 uh-huh. where the guy you saw, and he's grabbing this cord and he's yep. going off into space. And just the idea of drifting off into darkness and vanishing and just never being able to get back and no one can find you. It, you can't, you be know, seen. that open space. I'm like the opposite of a claustrophobic. It is terrifying to me. But it also, so, it, with those situations, you realize you're dead in like, minutes or hours because you run out of air so it's like yeah, it's kind of irrelevant yeah. but you know I used to think not like you just you're open your mask and you're dead instantly because well, you freeze and that. now I know that does not happen and your blood boils you and it actually yeah, yeah. takes several seconds of in, in excruciating yeah. pain so now it's even scarier to me but my point is <laughs> between gravity the Martian and that stupid Ad Astra that we went to over and over and over and over constantly they are now just this. using their own jet packs <laughs> which are just fire extinguishers just shooting them out their own ass trying to do a rocketeer at, at like a ship off in the distance where you have no depth perception, nothing in sp- And like, look, man, suspension of disbelief is one thing, but it terrifies me that all of these movies, that's what it always comes down but to. But I can fly around like Iron Man. That's the line. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> but if like, I had Iron Man suit, like, I'd probably be But the good less, news is I can fly like Iron Man. It's like, oh, that's that actually stupid dialogue also. <laughs> he says yeah. it in the movie. It, you know, it's like, hard okay. to not lean into that, but it's weird when a series is so big that it 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 is a they series it. in yeah. other movies. Because uh, then later, when you watch them back, it it's a it odd thing to combine way. the universes in that way. Agreed, anyway. agreed. Um, I right I would like to transition into TV, which I think will end up Let's ending with Last Dance. But we'll talk about some other TV maybe first. Um, I need to refill my coffee real quick, so give me, oh, give me yeah. a few seconds do that so one other thing while kelly stepped away that i wanted to mention as far as the rocky series is uh i think the the sort of the scope of the entire thing is your first one you get that gritty hardcore 70s film where everything's decaying but you but you get a little bit of hope a little glimmer of hope in there which is so important uh to you know just humanity but it doesn't give you the full all right we're gonna win and this is a ridiculous hope right this is just the hope for you know basic happiness what what you can do in life rocky 2 is a remake of that except it's uh the hollywood remake right so now instead of apollo just being the opponent he's a villain he's wearing the black hat white hat black hat he's challenging rocky he's insulting him he's talking about his wife and then ultimately rocky wins it's the exact same story but rocky runs the steps this time instead of by himself conquering it for himself every kid in philadelphia apparently is running with him we're all behind him he's the people's champion not just in name but they actually know him like he's a celebrity third and fourth one Pure music videos, I love them. The fourth is as entertaining as anything you're going to watch, but it is completely absurd. Fifth movie, let's just forget about that one, of course, except for uh, Rocky and uh, Mick. Um, there's a great scene between them, probably my favorite scene in the whole series in a flashback. And then Rocky Balboa brings it back, grounded, kind of towards the original one. Uh, and then Creed and Creed 2, obviously. All right. Uh, also keep that going, and I'm a big fan of those. So that's the entire uh, recap for the Rocky series. Kelly, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I just wanted to already. get the series in, so I talked about one movie. I wanted to hit the whole thing. You did some weird shit while I was gone. I get it. That's <laughs> what I do. It's what I do when you're not around, man. Um, Pray for Jessica. All right. Well, now let's uh, talk about some TV. Heck um, yeah, man. What TV you've been watching? Other a than lot of TV we've Last been watching. Dance. 
So this is um this is more just than me, but I but I was bouncing in and out. She sort of binged the entire Broad City uh, series. Oh, Did I that's talk about awesome. this? I don't think I've talked about no, this. No, but I've seen all of Broad City, so I, man, I dig it. Pretty enjoyable. I oh, yeah. I dig those chicks. They're they're they crack me awesome. up, man. They hit awesome. my funny bone. Um but yeah, she was she was in the full way. And I thought um we've watched a lot of series finales recently. Um we we had, we took like a very long time and went through the entire series, kind of our comfort food background noise. So like when we were eating dinner or if we were just having to clean around the house, we had Cheers on in the background because oh, it was yeah. always my dad's favorite. Sure, and I had never watched it, and but I remembered it as a kid. And then yep. Jess's sister Melissa started watching it. And we were like, oh, let's throw that on. And that uh, show, I mean, it's a it's a sitcom. It's dated, right? But uh, stuck the landing, man. That that yep. is the finale, nice. an all timer. And I thought Broad City. The last beats of it were also really, really good. Um, yeah, I kind of don't wants remember to get it. Into but, it. Yeah, uh, I don't want to hit it, but they, I, they nailed the ending. I loved Broad City for sure, and I'm I'm a big fan of that they ended, <laughs> just because yeah. I like when shows end. It's for sure just a really and good end thing. on a high note without trying yeah. to stretch it out. Correct. For sure. Yeah, um, um, and we're way behind on this, but we also just started Watchmen. Which is another oh, yeah, one yeah. that everybody's raving, that, and I'm yeah, yeah. happy that they're not going to continue. Um, but we thought super strong opening. I don't know where it's going to go, but um, dude, but honestly, right even now. though I hate, I hate Damon Lindelof. Um, yeah, I think we, we that this is one of the things that I appreciate, and and the fact that if he really holds to his guns and doesn't make any more of it, yeah, um, yeah. it is a, a singular really good. Thing. Um, Definitely, and you have to give credit where credit is. Like we yeah. can say we hate this person and still yeah. give credit without no, just looking he, for something to hate the way some people might do. You know, with did. Rocky or something older. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not see. like that. We're I check. can read between your lines. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, the the, the whole Watchmen uh, kind of concept of bringing it out of you know the old eighties story and adding to that yes. story and kind of yes. reinventing it this way. Uh, I just think it was all really really smart. And I I never even read it, but I saw the original movie and I kind of know what they did, but. Um, right. Just really, really creative episodes and uh, some good shit. Some really good shit in that. And and honestly, anytime you put Jeremy, I mean, the fact that Jeremy Irons is in it, I know you haven't gotten yeah. to him yet, but he's a big part of the show. Well, um, he, he pops in for oh, like he one does scene in the, in the first, first episode. episode. Okay, I got and it. And Jess was just the whole time was like, "What is this?" So I'm very curious to see what happens. It's solid. There. You're you're gonna like it, I think. Uh, so keep keep us posted. I'm on sure that. I will. Well, let me um, just say also, yeah. and this may I can't imagine this was by mistake. Like you said, you haven't read the graphic novel. I read the mm-hmm. graphic novel. That one of the things about the not graphic novel is even the layout and the panels are. Mm-hmm. There's an artistic design to them, and they are almost every page except for full page layouts. They're almost completely nine panels. Looks like the side of a Rubik's cube. Oh, see. And when you go it. on um, uh, Watchmen the, for the HBO Go app, yeah, um, that is the way they're laid out. It's not like top to bottom, oh. and it's three by three, and there's only nine. And I, I just I couldn't help but think like, well, that's not yeah. a mistake. Like no, maybe of it course. is. But I was like, there has I, to be the I'm fact sure that they did nine right. episodes and they're in those panels is uh, makes sense very interesting. So. That's cool. Um, No, there's a lot of quality to that show for sure. Um, So to uh, just throw out a few things, um, I binged all of I'm Sorry. Our friend Kevin told us about that. Yeah. And uh, it's just two short seasons, 30-minute episodes. It's on Netflix. It was a true TV series. And just everyone in that I love so much. It's one of my new favorite shows. Um, I, you know, it's LA humor. It's LA comedy writer humor, but it it is uh, really spot on and, I just laugh out loud so much. I love it. Um, highly recommend that. that. Yeah, thanks. Um, I started Miss America, which is a Hulu series with Kate Blanchett. Um, right. What is that like? Because I've seen those. Really 
good. I've only gotten through two episodes, and I can't say that it's... I, I don't know necessarily that, that it's her best work, but I had the thought about Kate Blanchett that she probably makes acting look more effortless than any other yes. actor that I can think of. Like, she is the current heavyweight to I, me. I I've put, been saying this for years. I put her in the category of like maybe like an Anthony Hopkins where they just show up and they act and, and it, you can't even conceive of an instance of them not just like nailing it in one take and walking away and being like, all right, I'm going to go yeah, to the 100%. fucking you know, gym or whatever, you know, or whatever they do. It's just yeah. like that level of, of quality, um, and when when she's bouncing from something like Thor to I something like it, dude, Carol no to something she like Miss no America, like, like I don't yeah. even understand. When she how... played Bob Dylan in that experimental <laughs> film, where go. six different yeah. actors played Bob Dylan, and she was better than everyone else. I'm <laughs> right, talking Heath right, Ledger, all right. the guys that played him. She was the absolute best Dylan I have ever seen. She and, well, you and I, I think I, is I our new Meryl Streep. That's if, exactly I what I, that. I say yeah, that yeah, to yeah. Jess all the time. I'm like, yeah. you know, we all talk about Meryl Streep, and she's earned that. But in the last 10 years, the championship belt belongs to Kate Blanchett. Yes. Um, okay. I'm, I'm glad Meryl's we're on great, the same page. Yeah. But but Kate Blanchett's the new heavyweight. And I know you and I, like going all the way back to Lord of the Rings, we've been huge fans. I love her she's in the greatest. The Rings. But, <laughs> but, um, but honestly, man, in some cases, she is too good. I, I have talked yeah. about that. I hope yep. I haven't talked about this on a pod before, but in Blue Jasmine. Yeah. Oh, I love um, Blue you know, the Woody Allen movie. Yeah, I love it. So my only complaint about that movie, and she was up for all the awards and she won Best right. Actress and all that stuff. My complaint to our buddy Adam, who's a huge uh, Woody Allen fan, mm-hmm. uh, he kind of agreed with me on this, uh, was Woody Allen movies are like comic strips. Uh, we What we get are stereotypes. They are not, in most cases, not in all of them. I think yeah. Christina Barcelona, you could argue there's match point. You could argue there's stuff where there's more depth. But in so many ways, it's like, oh, look, it's the Italian guy who fixes cars, and that's what he does. And he's supposed right. to be doing it that way. It's not supposed to be a grounded performance. It's like it's like a Kevin Smith movie, right? Like in clips, yeah. everybody's got their that's own That's an interesting take, Kate Blanchett yeah. comes into that movie, and she's surrounded by people like Louis C.K. before his right. fall from grace, where he's playing Louis C.K., and everybody's doing their thing and they're just caricatures and then she plays like a three level nervous breakdown like you know multiple yep. personality character that is so good that yep. it's like a Nick Cage in a movie where it's like well, you're doing a different movie Nick Cage than everyone else is and maybe with Nick Cage you're like you're not good enough <laughs> even though th- I love Nick this Cage. is exactly the She's point is that Woody Allen I think is very talented and he he's problematic but he's very talented at directing and writing I somehow think that he he is not the reason that movie is good or that her performance is good. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's this what is I a, mean. Yeah, I know. It's and her that's, show. That's the thing. I think she that's just shows up. That's not one of the Woody Allen movies you would name as in his list of top five no. or even top ten Woody Allen movies. But with Kate Blanchett, you'd name that in top do. three or five yeah. performances because it's yeah. her show. Right. Uh, everyone else is just around. Well, I'm I'm glad we agree on all that. Uh, a couple other real quick. Uh, watch the Parks and Rec special. They did a special, yeah, and it was very good. Um, yeah, it had a lot of heart, man. That, like, so much. I, the show know, always corny, had so great. much heart, though, and that's that's why it comes across because those good people, feel, stuff. those characters. Um, I also that. watched the first episode of Betty on HBO, which is like a girl skateboarder show. Um, oh, I know that one. It's a, a narrative, and it is. Uh, it's not my thing, but it's well made. If you're a young kid, like my nieces probably would really like it. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's like a you know mature rated um, show about these girls in Manhattan that skate. Okay. Um, but uh, it's it's very well done. Uh, I I just I can't see really 
<laughs> sticking with it uh, for me personally. Um, right. And then right. uh, lastly, I watched the first episode of Hollywood on Netflix, which is getting oh, yeah. not great reviews. Um, it's a it's a Ryan Murphy show. And so all his shows are the same to me. They're just stupid. Um, so, <laughs> but you've enjoyed I, some of them, right? Eh, I mean, okay. Maybe so not. going back, you got you got your you got Glee. Glee, which you got American Horror is Story. a silly show, but it's yeah. got some heart, you know. Um, and then you got your American Horror Story, which I've only really, I, I probably have seen maybe five out of the ten seasons, or I four out of the eight seasons. <laughs> And uh, and I really dropped off because I just got sick of it. We're not um, horror people, though. Like, in, eh, in general, no, but speaking. but there were good seasons and there were bad seasons. And um, and this is just like such a trashy show. It it's a bummer because it it presents itself as this you know old Hollywood glamour you know show, and they're spending a lot of money, and it it, it looks cool. You know, it's just cool to live live in Hollywood in the 30s or whatever year it takes place and um it, it it's just kind of trashy i read a i read a quote from someone i don't know if this was a big a big reviewer or not but it was it was i'm paraphrasing that ryan murphy if he could would just make porn but what you end up with <laughs> is this that's well, we not would. quite porn it's <laughs> no. just you know, uh, and you know because he he doesn't have the balls to just just make porn, right? Because so what, that's you're what he really is, wants and, to make. In all the ways, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was everything we wanted for a Hollywood <laughs> mythology. This kind of, is yeah. The, the way that it doesn't work is a different. It's a different era for sure. I, I hey. that's I guess my point is that you you coming off of Once Upon a Time, you kind of go, okay, well that was obviously your '60s Hollywood uh, with television and everything, but to, to have a TV show, a big budget TV show like this Hollywood, you know, a Netflix original right, right. with hun- potentially hundreds of millions of dollars right. and to make it in the golden era of Hollywood, we don't have too many movies and TV shows that took yeah, place really in that should. era. And that's you what I'm think. saying is like, it, yeah. it, it's, that's the golden era. We want that stuff. And what you end up with is just this like trashy, trashy show that well, belongs let me, let me on like Lifetime or, or something like that. Two, I don't two know. Two quick things on this. And I have not I've only the watched. Show. I've only watched the first episode though, yeah, so I don't yeah, know if it sucks. gets better. Nobody watched it. I, I really, kidding. really didn't dig it. Well, let me let me say two things on this. Um, as far as that, I agree. We don't have as much stuff on Hollywood as you would think right. for, for how self congratulatory Hollywood yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. How much we love ourselves exactly. and stuff. Ourselves. Well, they yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we live here. We we aspire to be these guys. And um, but uh, you know, if, if since I'm a classic movie fan, um, kind of the two that people always point to in terms of movies for this, and I think you get both sides of it brilliantly, are um, one is Singing in the Rain, sure, right, which is a a musical, but it is really a love letter to the Hollywood system, right? It takes place. I know it's a musical, but it takes place. It really tracks mm-hmm. in, in kind of a very surface way. And the that fact that we have this sound. Singing in the Rain, like you say, is such a classic and it may be one of the best examples. And the fact that it centers around the addition of sound yes, uh, yes. and how that works uh, it's an is underrated special movie. to me personally. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And people think of that just as a musical and it is. Right. But that, that movie, if you wanted to get a window, I realize it's, it's, it's surface. I realize it. But if yeah. you wanted just a little taste in a window of 
how movies came around and the studio yeah. system because it all takes place like at the studios and what's going on at the studio. The background yep. is almost as interesting as anything else. Yep. Singing in the Rain is your movie. But the other side of that, the flip side, which also takes place around that change from silent to sound, which is probably the biggest revolution that ever took place in film, is Sunset Boulevard. And right. they came out like a year or two apart. And that is the CD underbelly movie. Right. Yeah. Like if you merged those and you had a show and you were able to, to match those, two cut tones, them back and forth, you yeah. would crush it. The other thing I wanted to say is since I just brought up um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I feel like an idiot, but I want to acknowledge this. Um, you're, you're thinking back on this movie. Maybe you will have noticed this. Maybe not. But this was brought up on a, a podcast I listened to called The Rewatchables, where they covered this movie. Right. And I always thought. All of this is like a big myth. I still do, right? But all of this are like the legends of Hollywood. We are to take this as the projection, like what Quentin Tarantino thinks of when he thinks of these old school legends, right? Not sure. necessarily completely grounded, but kind of their myths, right? The stories you hear come to life. And that's why I always really defended, and I still do, uh, the take on Bruce Lee, which a lot of people were offended uh-huh. by, where I was just like, look, the persona he lived on screen yeah. That's what they're doing. But if you watch those movies, that is not very different. I'm sorry if it offends anybody. That's not different. Now, if people were upset that he got beat up or whatever, like I get that. But we're also yeah. dealing with Cliff Booth, who is an uh, imaginary character. So once yeah, again, it's, it's like just, he got beat by a fictional character fake, yeah. or didn't even get beat. Right. They 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 ended mm-hmm. in a draw. But what I had not noticed from that scene and I went back and watched this clip when that's that fight is taking place. Mm-hmm. All of the people are around gathered watching. And we know Cliff Booth is not a reliable commentator, narrator, right? Like we know that he's kind of gone off over sure. the, the deep end and a lot of stuff. Did you ever notice that the minute the uh, Kurt Russell's wife, that character comes out and she's like, what the hell's going on? You dented my car. All of the people have vanished other than them. Oh, they're all he's gone. He's fighting Bruce Lee by himself and no one else is around. I, oh. I feel like such an idiot. I watched that movie three times. Wait, do we? I, I was do, so into what was going on in the foreground. Do we think they don't they exist? Gone. What we think is Cliff is imagining what it would have been like beating Bruce Lee's ass. Like he's up on the roof. This is yeah. his flashback within another flashback. We, we, it's, it, it, I, I guess I get what yeah, you're I saying, but, ass. but it, but it lands as, as a, as a, as truth because you to have, but now I don't know. You have the lines of dialogue from Leo saying, you know, uh, he doesn't want you around right, and the wife right. and she's here well, and we she know he knows got the on grip. Set, and, and we know he was kicked out. So for it could have been Lee. it could have been anything. But, yeah, uh, I could have kicked his ass or it would have gone further. I would have beat his ass with. Now, now the, the counter argument to that is the fight doesn't finish. And if Cliff is really just right. thinking I would beat his ass, he would have probably finished him. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I just it was just an interesting take that I had never thought about. That's an interesting yeah. choice. Now I've been going round and round uh, thinking about it in my 100%. head. And that's that's why that movie is so great, and that's why Tarantino is so great, is because it. it absolutely could be part of the fantasy of the Once Upon a Time, yeah. and we'll never know. The movie is so good at the fantasy, yeah. and weaving it that um, that the point of the movie is don't worry about it. Yeah, it's hyper real, right? It's just north of reality. Like, yeah, there's yeah. reality there, and yeah. then it's that layer right above where we tell the story of what happened, and that becomes the truth, right? It's very becomes. satisfying. It's and, one and, of his most satisfying movies. Well, when I, I maintain that to me, it's the most satisfying, and I know you feel very similar, if yeah. not the same, but uh, I maintain that. 
my defense of those scenes and the whole movie. But but this actually is an even bigger defense. Like if this is literally the unreliable sure. narrator telling his own version. Well, then, then it's, and it's only defending. been uh, a year. I think as time goes on, I think it's going to age you know better and better. We're going to keep right. coming up with this God, shit. Love it. So yeah, it's so good. Um, anyway, yeah, sorry for yeah, another. No, video, no, but that's big, what I big do fan. when I'm in quarantine. Um, so. I just want to say that t- today is Sunday, May 3rd, and starting tonight, uh, Sundays are great for television. Um, we got Billions starting tonight again. Rick and Morty starts tonight. Um, right. Westworld is still running. The show Run on, on HBO I really love. That's still running. Insecure is still running. Killing Eve is still running. Vita on Stars I love. And most notably, The Last Dance is tonight um, oh, man, for the next. So I didn't so realize excited. by that we're going to so talk excited. about it, but I didn't realize how many episodes. I thought there was like five or six episodes. There's ten episodes it's of this a ten show. Harder, and I could watch fifty. I know. <laughs> I, I, like, I, yeah. Let's just we're doing it. Are we going I've, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've okay. I've enjoyed it. Let's talk about it. So this is great because you're coming at it from an angle, very fresh eyes. To, I yeah. mean, obviously, everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. That's of like course. if you didn't see Star Wars, you want to be that contrarian person. I was, you still a, know I, was who a, I was a decently big. Big uh, Bulls and Jordan Pippen fan for those few years. Yeah. I was only, you know, essentially eight, nine, ten years it, old. This was the Iron Eagle era for sports, where we all came <laughs> together in America. We're way too cynical now, right? Yeah, but yeah, we yeah. all watched Seinfeld. We all gathered at the right. water cooler, and we all rooted for the same person. And as much as I think. You know, it's okay that everything's, you know, people have different opinions, and I think that's actually a good thing. And, and yeah. you know, we, we have a lot of great discussion and discourse other than the Rocky stuff, which I'm correct about. But, um, <laughs> but I do miss sometimes. I just don't, I think we're too contrarian now. I think we're too at odds, and we want to be in a way to ever get behind one thing. And I think the Olympics is maybe the only thing we're still a little bit, you know, we have the, those two weeks, right? Where everyone's like, yeah, right. go USA. Even if you don't really know what you're doing, it's just fun. It's like going to a concert, man. It's why you go. It's why these big audience films are, are great. And People want to share in an experience and a love. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah, like for the sure. height of what you can accomplish in a way. And I don't know if you saw this, but I, I think I sent it to you, the Robert Downey Jr. reaction to Avengers. I, I did watch that. I did watch that. So yeah. what moved me so much about Satisfying. that is you and I both, that's not our thing, right? We're not the Marvel. Mm-hmm. We've acknowledged this. We've talked about it at great yeah. lengths. But but just the idea that these movies hit like a cultural level yeah. where people went and they literally cheered and people were crying, as stupid as it may be. In this scene where everything came together after 10 years of these movies. Yeah, Patrick's like, talking about a reaction video that the Russo brothers posted of people reacting to the, the right. final climax scene of, of Avengers Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. And then this past week or whatever, Robert Downey and, and Joe Russo talking about the reaction. And, you know, it's all very, you know, uh, well, snake eating its tail thing. But uh, but but the the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson is yes, the one that's that going. that's what you're going to say is is the <laughs> of all the directors in the world, Paul Thomas Anderson is the one that was telling Robert Downey Jr. I was just watching these reaction videos yes. just to remind myself of the power of cinema. Uh, that's pretty significant. Uh, that's what landed with me, and it makes me so happy. Yeah, the director who is like a god. I mean, I enjoy all films. You know, he's, he's I, I considered one of our artists, true artists, artistic and director. For so everyone weird. Who <laughs> would shit on Avengers or a Star Wars or any genre film movie yeah. and say this is silly kid stuff and there is no depth to it. He's the guy they would lean to and mm-hmm. turn to, right, to support mm-hmm. their argument. And the fact that he was so unapologetically yeah. like, that's absurd. This really is, in so many ways, the height of cinematic achievement. Yeah, this is it just cinema. landed with me, man. And as a kid yeah. of like Star Wars and 
And I promise I'm coming back to Jordan because I could talk all day about him. But, <laughs> right. but that's what this Jordan doc has been to me. And what's cool about it is, like you said, you're familiar, you were a fan, but you're also seeing so many of these stories for the first time. Oh, for sure. I yeah. know 90% of these stories. Yeah. But it is so fun to come back to and to get that extra element added to them. Mm-hmm. And as a kid. Well, you know, what is that extra element? What what so, element of this is new to you? Gotcha. So the Pippin stuff, right? Like I okay, was aware yeah. that Pippin came from a household of like 12 people and they were poor. And that's why he signed a long-term ch- uh, contract, which later ended up being terrible for him. Yeah. Even though he's a multimillionaire and we're all <laughs> jobless yeah. right now. And like, yeah, But, yeah. you know, relatively speaking, what yes. he's worth, he should have had more. But I did not know that he, his dad and one of his brothers were paralyzed. I mean, the right. level of tragedy in that. I knew all about Dennis Rodman and his, his antics. I did not mm-hmm. know. I went. I knew he went to Vegas. I knew he left during the finals. I did not know that he disappeared in Vegas and stayed for more than 48 hours. And Michael Jordan had to go to his hotel room and Carmen Electra was hiding under a blanket when he drugged <laughs> Dennis Rodman out. Of, I mean, the drama of this, Kelly, and I, and I said this on the DNVR. Well, uh, didn't, didn't the last too. episode leave off with him just getting to Vegas? Like, Well, he, he was just getting, they were just bringing he, him back. You're talking, oh, they were bringing him back. After the fourth one. I don't know if you just watched the third one because they're bringing in two each night. Oh, did so, I not watch the fourth one? Maybe, maybe you're one behind. I didn't realize that they were, they were doing two a night. Okay, we, yeah. So I am some, uh, I am one behind. Some Bummer. noise in our background. Sorry for oh, that's picking right. up the uh, the grass cutting. But but yeah. So the drama of this shouldn't be real. It should be made up. It's too good of a story. Uh, the, you know, and I and I said this before, but the fact that. They showed up for their final season. Mm-hmm. You know, in pro sports, this doesn't happen. When you're in college sports, you're in high school sports, you know it's my senior year, it's my last shot, right? And there's a lot of drama there. In pros, you can choose to come back or leave at any point. So with the pros to come back and it be Michael Jordan's last run, America's hero, this team is still together, everybody loves them, and Phil Jackson to say, I'm titling this season the last dance, yeah. right? Where the title comes from. This is our last shot, win or lose, we're done. The pressure of that, trying to win another three-peat, you know, having one player who's angry about the contract and wants to leave, doesn't feel mm-hmm. represented enough, and he's your second best guy. The number one guy trying to hold it together, even though he's getting $30 million, where the second guy's getting $2 million. Okay. Uh, Dennis Rodman, the loose cannon, the craziest figure we've ever had in American sports, in my opinion, who's yeah. literally just leaving and going to Vegas. He's dating Carmen Electra. We get that piece where he pulled Madonna. and You know what right. I mean? Like, all of the celebrity around it, the fact that the GM is like, this is like the movie Major League, where the right. owner wants to sell the team and is trying to cripple the team, and the team ends up being opposed to her and they're like we're gonna win despite her and keep them in cleveland that's made up shit and and this stuff really happened and i you know spoiler alert michael jordan hits a game-winning shot to end his entire career with the right. bulls like that does not happen there are no other examples of that and i know he came back with the Wizards some years later but right. charles barkley used to talk about this he said every kid in every driveway wants to be an nba player whether they make it or not they all dream of ending their career the way michael jordan did end it like after having the greatest career ever, I mean, it, it just is a Hollywood film. Right. And the fact that this is all in a documentary, I can just, I, I mean, I would put it in my arm like an IV. Yeah. I could, you know, what yeah. I mean? like this is, I'm just, <laughs> I sit there and I think it's been five minutes, you know, just literally with the first night, just like brought me in dinner. And she was like, I've never seen him this happy. I'm going to leave him alone. <laughs> uh, and like, bless her. Uh, just yeah, let exactly. Go. And the second one, she was in and out of too, but she's like, you, you're like a five-year-old right now. And that's what right. it does. And I, I just love it. And I think whether you're a sports fan or not, it is so fascinating. These personalities we know what we're going to get that I'm actually excited about is 
we're going to get cutthroat Jordan. We're going to get really ugly Jordan, I think, in the next two or three. Mm, okay. We're also going to get the Kobe interviews tonight, which is oh. going to get hard. Um, I think they're going to be really coming. beautiful Shit. to see because he yeah. was formed out of Jordan's image and he emulated that. And you're going right. to see that passion and, and that um, how he respected Jordan and wanted to be like him. But I also think it's going to be more emotional. It's going to be like going to Dark Knight after Heath Ledger died, right? Like right. it would have been incredible right. anyway, but there is a finality to it because of that. Um, but what I wanted to kind of shift to just for a second, when I was a kid, my heroes were my dad, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, yeah. and Michael Jordan, right? Sure. That that was my holy trinity, right? So my dad, obviously a real person. Yes. Uh, Indiana Jones, fictional. Sorry, kids. Um, <laughs> the, the third uh, hero, Michael Jordan, was really kind of half and half, right? right. Like he, he was real, but he was what we were allowed to see before social media and this guarded persona. And to me growing up, not only did he have the perfect career and the perfect talent, but Mm -hmm. he was actually the perfect star. Yes. He is anything but perfect. I mean, for every part of him that's incredible, there is a really nasty side. Yeah. We haven't seen it in the documentary yet. And me having not, not heard much about him outside of, you know, uh, you know, the press or whatever. Um, I, so far with these episodes that I've seen, he just seems so perfect, like right, really, right. really perfect. Well, he he so. pokes a little bit at, at uh, Jerry Krause, right? Like the GM, but because yeah. GM, he's such a villain, it's yeah. okay. But right. what we're going to see is him going after teammates now. And oh. I want, I relish that. And I want that. I, I no well, longer need Jordan to be perfect the way I did when I was 12. Now I really just want the human being who I, is the best basketball player I've ever yeah. seen and has a lot of flaws too. Because that's reality. I put him in the same category for me, what Steve Jobs represents to me, because Steve Jobs is so not was so not a good guy. Um, But it was all in service of something. And when you are I mean, he was the first. It's not it's not that I condone bad behavior, but it is. It is such that I, I give him a pass. I just do. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. You know, you're, no, Steve, you're right. Steve Jobs. Uh, every any any clip I see, because especially nowadays, for whatever reason, it's been long enough since his death that people post, you know, clips from events, from you know, uh, interviews, whatever, where he's being his you know, asshole self. Yeah. And yeah. all the comments are not that you can read into comment, you know, people are stupid, but, but just the general vibe generally is, you know, things like this is why you don't buy Apple products. And this is, Oh yeah, he's a real <laughs> good on. guy. Yeah. Let's Come support, on. let's support this company and so, so on and so forth. And you're just like, that's not the point. Uh, right. I don't, I don't, I totally don't care how he's behaving. That is not the point. He's the best. He was the best at what he did. Uh, which, yeah, he didn't even make the products. Like, yeah. it, it, that's yeah. not, again, it's not the point. He and had the vision. When there's, yeah, when there's vision life. and genius in there, uh, and it is in, you know, and, and granted, the, the argument is a, a bummer, which is that all he's ending up making is Chinese produced <laughs> gadgets. Like, it doesn't right. matter, but it sort of matters. And obviously, well, there are people that matter much more and i would put yeah. sports in the same categories that this is a form of entertainment for sure but but within that um be the best that you can be and anybody that's not being the absolute best fuck you and so if, <laughs> if all i see is a bunch of jordan telling you know the other uh you know t- uh, his teammates to go fuck off because they're not taking it seriously enough yeah. i'm yeah. on jordan's side there Listen, you know 10 times we dove out of 10. into this on a number of occasions maybe we feel different than other people but we talked about this when we talked about the movie whiplash 
We, oh, we've yeah. talked about this it's with a great you know example, the, yeah. the reason he gets the pass is it's not that we want him to be mean to anybody. No, of course but not. But when when what we are inspired by and why we like these people and I put Kobe it's in passion. the same category. It's passion. Exactly. These are, are you passionate who, or are you complacent and, and not don't the understand passion, the person that has passion? The ability yeah. to break your back. I'm going to die trying to yeah. maximize yeah. this gift that I've yeah. been given. And we talked about this also with art, right? Because at the end of the day, we've been we've had some discussions, I think, on pod in the past about you know people start start not liking that we don't like Louis C.K. anymore. We don't like yeah. Woody Allen anymore. Uh, all granted, all relevant. You don't have to like the person. Yeah, yeah. You're lying if a movie that you thought was brilliant now you say is not good or you're <laughs> right. not going to revisit. The point is, yeah, what you don't like smart. is the fact that sometimes bad people. I don't even say bad people. Sometimes people with flaws or who aren't as perfect as you want them to be. Also have an ability that we all wish we had, but yep. only some do. That's right. what we're acknowledging. That's what we're looking at. It's yep. what they can create and what they can make. Michael Jordan is my favorite basketball player ever because he could jump from the free throw line and he was right. incredible. It's really not – and because he outworked everybody, right? I don't want yeah. him to necessarily yell at some teammate and break his spirit, but the fact that he's working harder than everyone else and he's asking you to get to his level – that's different too, right? Because now you've got a person who's giving every, it's like you hear about this with directors, right? You always hear about it with James Cameron. It's like, oh, you know, he's just a bitch to work for. Yeah. But yeah. isn't he there at set before you and after you and just right. killing himself? Like right. ultimately, like I wouldn't enjoy working with him probably either, but the, this is a person who is only asking of you what they do. The complaints of, of all of these people we're talking about are from people who, yeah, don't have that ability and it's okay right. not to. There's yeah. most of us are average. Most of us are just because of that. Right. Exactly. But, but you can't uh, throw rocks up uh, that direction. <laughs> right. They just right. fall back on you, and yeah. and you can try to get them to stick. But it, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not into that side of it. So right. so I'm interested right. to see what what happens with uh, with Jordan's personality because and it's look, all yeah. It's, I'm I'm yeah. fascinated by all, all all of these kinds of things. I don't need everything to be maximized and the best. Right. But there is something to me. I think for anybody who's passionate, anybody who's aspired to do something, whether it's art, sports, whatever. There is something about, you know, it's special when when something gets to the level of those Bulls teams in sports, you know, or or more recently, like our friend Nick's absolute favorite team ever, the Golden State Warriors over the last five years were unprecedented. Right. It was the same level of thing. And this is how we feel about masterpiece movies and the best directors and all this stuff. And I just think I will visit that stuff anytime because I'm just, it's just so to me, it, it never gets old. It's and very it's super inspiring yeah. and it feels unattainable in a lot of ways, but I'm also, I'm in awe. It makes me feel good about what human beings are able to create and to produce. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And that's so real that, that like to me is like, uh, I don't know, uh, this is going to sound real over the top, but a reason to, you know, get up in the morning and yeah. try to discover things and things that kind of, you know, energize you for life. Yeah. Uh, when, when, do that. when you, uh, or me or anybody is just kind of going through life, going through our motions, going to our job and whatever. It's like, it's just nice to see the people that are really yeah. uh, kind of oh. breaking with <laughs> all of yeah, those things. You feel things. like you share it. It's nice and to have yeah, that accessible. Exactly. You feel yeah. like you're sharing in it in some way. So yeah, I'm with you. Well, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really into it and it's just nice to have new shows on and, and, oh, and so such a well-made documentary with so yeah. much good footage that, you know, any, I'm just a sucker for any, any documentary that has sourced, you know, up teen 
hours of yeah. footage and then cut it and you're just like wow where did this stuff come from that's so cool right, right. that it exists and and you know and and that's in the same vein as when Apollo 11 came out last year it's just like oh, it's so, so what a great fascinating job. to see documentary footage condensed down into something watchable because you know that they started with thousands of hours or tens of thousands <laughs> yeah. of hours and you're like you cut 10,000 hours down to 10 hours like that's insane yeah Made it so digestible. Yeah. that's so that's, well last thing because uh, i don't know how much you know about art, yeah. i don't know how much you know about the background of this but uh these filmmakers they had unprecedented access back in 98 they followed right. the team for the whole season i love that they're going back in time and giving you that background each episode because right. right. it's important but um but i don't know if you're aware of this they are finishing the 10th episode now like as we speak oh just right so now in having to push this forward so many months, they finally yeah. got the green light. They had like two and a half years to do it. Right. Uh, they've been working on it the whole time, but they were on track for, I think, a June release. It was going to be coincide oh. with the NBA finals or right, right. after, right before, right. something like that. When everything stopped, they were like, you know, we got to put this out now. This is the best time. Yeah. They had the first four only done. So oh, what we shit. see tonight is going to be the beginning this of a cut. And they are editing from different places. Like this makes it I'm, so much more I'm, powerful. I'm to so I, I need oh. a behind the scenes on yeah. this show now I because know. that is all <laughs> so fascinating. They're to me. finishing color correction on episode nine. I just watched something this morning with the director, but they're right. finishing the editing of the final <sighs> episode that and you know, worst thing came to worse. Obviously, they could push the tenth one one extra week yeah. or whatever. But I mean, it's not like it's oh, it's going to come out undone or something like that. No, but at the no. same time, just the fact that they're racing this way, yep, I, it just feels right. I mean, it feels it's wrong, inspiring, but it feels so right yeah. in some way. No, yeah, no, it's 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 really really good. Um, well, I dig Pretty it. Cool. I'm excited for the rest of it. Yeah. Um, do you want to transition into some news bits? Yes, that's is enough that cool? rants from me. Okay, Let's cool. Um, one kind of funny thing. There's a, a this is now from a, a couple of weeks ago almost, but um, there was one uh one week that the uh all of the tickets sold at movie theaters in the country the, yeah. there was only one theater reporting tickets sold and it was a drive-in theater in ocala florida and so oh, the no total shit. revenue for movies in america was like thirty thousand dollars or something like wow. that um wow. and they were and it's a drive-in theater and they were only showing one movie which is that new movie swallow which is now on streaming <laughs> so it's a weird movie also it's not yeah. you know a big movie i truly wish i could have been a part of that box office day 100 percent, right <laughs> nice and and and, and that's not the only theater showing movies but it was the only one reporting new revenue from a new movie you know there, right, there's right. a lot of theaters showing yeah. revival stuff yeah. there's a lot of uh drive-in theaters showing old movies and stuff but uh they reported uh that was pretty funny um coming up real soon is the hbo max um uh, un- not unveiling but uh you know it's starting hbo max right. is a new streaming service and uh this is going to sound like an ad, but um, but essentially it's not just HBO. It's all of the Warner Media conglomerate owned properties. So it's it's right. essentially a big, big, big catalog, and it has the potential to be bigger than every other streaming service in terms of what they can offer. I guess that remains to be seen. But um, last year, last November, I did the HBO Max uh, kind of press event, which was something I couldn't really talk about then, but uh, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't care now. Um, but anyways, that's coming up May 27th and, uh, I'm definitely going to get a log into it and, uh, start, start checking it out because I think it, it might be, might be some of the best stuff that we have on streaming. So, um, right. I'll let you know, right. um, in the Heights, that movie that we were expecting for June has been moved to June of next year. Uh, that's okay. the, um, okay. 
What's his name? <laughs> Lin- <laughs> From Hamilton? Lin- Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda. Manuel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Jess so, and I yeah. had Hamilton tickets, and we've been right. super bummed because that got we got our refund, I think but we'll have to try you different time. Now did. this movie's gone back. Nick also did. Rachel he also did, right? God, Didn't she say yeah. they had but some? But she's already seen it, man. Rachel, Oh, oh I didn't know that. You, okay. No, well, then, kidding. yeah. No, it's cool <laughs> you can fuck it. right off. You're so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Rachel. Um, no, I've Shout heard that from- uh, Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of friends that they, uh, you know, they miss their Hamilton. Um, but, you know, at some point it'll come back. Um, we had, uh, uh, one death, Irfan Khan, I think I'm saying his name right, but yeah. he died a few days ago. He was only 53. Um, and he, he had had, was it cancer that he had for a yeah, while? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, some kind of a colon, uh, thing. Yeah. But it was a cancerous thing, um, and his colon, but anyways, yeah, he passed away and, uh, you know, he was in the Jurassic World movie a couple of years ago and yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. But he was also, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Life of Pi. He was in uh, Slumdog Millionaire. He has, yeah. He's only yeah. 53. He had 151 credits yeah. to his name. So he did, um, he did a bunch of Bollywood stuff too, right? Yeah, like Before yeah, he yeah. kind of made his way to the West. Yeah, I mean, most of it. But, but you know, what he's been in, you know, of American films is uh, pretty, pretty significant. Um, right. He was in a little movie like a year or two ago called Puzzle. That I I think I did mention on the pod when we first started the podcast, but um, check that out if you can find it. It's a really nice little movie with him, and uh, I forget who else was in it, but uh, right some on. some great people. Um, anyways, so that was a uh, that was a death. Uh, that's a bummer. Um, Joe Pantoliano got hit by a car a couple days ago. What? I don't know. Yeah, he he was walking in his neighborhood somewhere in like Brentwood or whatever. Damn it, Joe, stay and inside. Someone hit him with a car, and wow. so he he's being looked after uh, for concussion and severe injury or whatever. But I think I don't know if he's in the hospital. I don't know, but that's kind of a bummer. Uh, especially after Bad Boys for Life, seeing oh, him, God, yeah, you know, <laughs> what the? unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a weird, um, yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, and uh, a couple other things, uh, Harrison Ford, your guy, is being investigated by the FAA uh, because he crossed a runway while another aircraft was landing or it something. It might be time, man. It might be time to take the keys away. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would say that. Yeah. And Indiana Jones. The, the quote um, that I read from Hollywood Reporter was, there was no danger of a crash, meaning they weren't close, but <laughs> right. it was enough that they're like, okay, come on, man. Are you just well, old? Are you an asshole? There was what a is snake it, in know? the cockpit. Yeah. Dealing with a lot. Okay. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, that's and, tough. Uh, I lo- we love Harrison. Yeah, of course we do. Um, but at some point, he's got to yeah, stop flying. Sake, That's crazy. And he's got to um, stop playing in the energy. He's never. He's never going to be okay with not flying, though. Like yeah. that's he's. Yeah. He. I think he would rather die. Probably. I do too. Um, I think he would definitely retire from acting before stopping flying. Right. He talks about flying sure, like it's his sure. absolute passion. I think and... he'll crash on purpose just so that <laughs> it all happens all at one time. Well, he's always wondered um, if he could have made it through that Air Force One crash had he not been able to hook <laughs> into that line. You know, right. It's sucked right. away. Um, um, yeah, that's good. So, uh, well, Sony, I'm glad he's okay and everybody's okay. So wait, 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 we should also say oh, yeah. that he also has saved someone in his helicopter. Uh, oh, before, sure. From a, so, you know, it's not like it's all bad with Harrison. No, he's no, he's, a, he's an adventureman. Can you imagine being lost and Harrison Ford showing up to save you in his helicopter? <laughs> hop it, hop I in. die from the- Get in my plane. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, sorry, where, where are you going? No, no, that? that's great. Um, Sony, Sony announced 
the other day uh this the is so embarrassing. I, I, it's not so much an announcement but it's a weird thing that so was uh, that was i guess people were asking sony to define what their spider-man stuff was and, you and they said the, was the official name of their <laughs> spider-man movies all of them is the sony pictures universe of marvel characters the spumc uh and that includes all of the versions of spider-man but also like venom and morbius that's coming out and then oh, uh characters from craven the hunter i don't know what that is but there's, that's another thing it's just bananas uh the, yeah. the name Spider-verse is bananas was right there it was in your last movie that was I, your most successful I, movie. I, I i i maybe there's a licensing thing with that because it's so obvious yeah Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Okay. All right, Sony. Yeah, you know, and then we'll get some more of Luke Skywalker and all of his many friends across the galaxy of the Star (laughs) Wars cinematic That's exactly right. That's That's so similar, right? So similar. And then lastly in news, which is kind of bigger movie news, uh, my friend Corey sent me this the other day when it was kind of breaking, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to ignore it because it's a good example of weird shit. But how AMC Theaters says they're no longer going to play Universal movies. What? Did you copy any of that? Did you no. see any of that? No. So, what? So, oh, my God. I, I talked to my dad about it yesterday, and I talked for, like, a long time, and I ranted about it. So this I'm going to try to condense this. But essentially, Universal Studios put out a statement about the Trolls movie. Because as far as I know, the Trolls movie so far is the only one that's come out during this quarantine that was a theatrical release that didn't get postponed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just got removed because they decided to release it video on demand. And they put out a statement saying that we're thrilled with the success of the Trolls movie. We made... I think they said something like we made more money in this time than if it were in theaters. And so... Uh, I'm sure that's good for Universal. Obviously, they're a business, and that's how you have to look at it, right? For sure. And so, uh, and and these are weird times. These are unprecedented. So this is just a choice they made. Uh, You know, movie theaters are closed. What are they going to do? So they put out that release, and they said something to the effect. I probably should have pulled the quote, but they said something to the effect of, um, "We in the future we will continue to release." to video on demand, I think they said like when appropriate or something like a very kind of vague statement and also not a revelation, not shocking, just like, okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Okay, whatever. Um, And immediately the people at AMC said, we are no longer going to show universal movies in our theaters. And then the theater association (laughs) or the, the theater owners association of America, whatever they're called, uh, also said, like, this is horrific. I can't believe Universal is saying this, so on and so forth. And then the company that owns Regal Theaters also said, we will no longer show you. Uni- like, that is, so, that is so reactionary and so weird. We're all in this together. Because <laughs> the, the bottom <laughs> line is there is no benefit to any of these theater companies to saying that. Yeah. The reason they say it 
is to try to force the hand of Universal to maybe right. reverse policy or something like right, that right, to get right, it right. back to the middle, to get it back to where they want to. But they have no reason to think that they will or that they yeah. will succeed in that or that they actually have that much power. I mean, they have power, but obviously they, they are the ones that show the movies. It's also weird because the, the movie theater at Universal CityWalk is an AMC yeah, it's like what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we're doubling your rent. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I guess you're gone. It's like You're'd your flagship location, yeah. you know. Um, and Weird. so so bizarre. It's just so frustrating because it 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 is um, on par to me with just like reactionary yeah. culture yeah. and social culture now is just so immediately headline driven and and universal put out a statement after this and they went this is we're super disappointed right, uh right. we didn't say we weren't releasing movies in theaters we said right, right. that we will use the video on demand releasing model when appropriate i mean they just re- they literally just copy Which and pasted the sentence anyway and, like, yeah every, there's I mean, that's, that's not of, new yeah uh very very weird right it's been a weird just, year man 2020 get it. has been a weird year. Uh, I don't yeah. have any other thoughts to add to anything you said. It's been yes. a weird year, and the so shit weird. keeps getting weirder. Um, well, I I'm all I'm hoping is that by the time we get back to the summer months and theaters start reopening, that that can that cannot end up being policy. Right. I, I I have a feeling that it won't end up being the real policy. But can you imagine if it is? Because because no. what everybody wow. tweeted immediately after that is like. Oh, AMC, you're not going to release Fast Nine, and you're not going to release right, James Bond, right, and you're right. not going to re- yeah. like they yeah. mentioned all these ones, and they, uh, like these are billions of dollars yeah. over the next twelve, six to yeah, twelve it's months. Crazy. It's crazy. What? Um. Anyways, so that's, that's, that's very wild. That's very wild. unfortunate and weird. Um. Okay, so I've got uh some Rotten Tomato scores. Do you want to talk about anything else well, before we do that? Let's one last thing I want to say. Yeah, and shoot. I'll, again, I'll, I'll pop in quick. But with Star Wars Day coming up, yeah, um, the fourth be with everyone tomorrow. Um, I, I read. I guess this falls into news. I read recently that um, <laughs> this was news for Patrick's feed. Um, the Rise of Skywalker novelization. <laughs> address yeah. the Sith rule of two. I'm assuming you remember always two there are a master and apprentice and with the Sith there's always their their packs of two. That's what it is, right? And okay. one wants to kind of su- supplant the leader and take over and then right. apprentice. That's the way it works. Jedi is different. So with the whole Exegol thing and the Sith planet and like a Sith army that sort of ignored that as Rise of Skywalker ignored yeah. every single rule that had ever been yeah. established which I've talked at great lengths of. So apparently <laughs> the novelization addresses this although the movie doesn't which is a flaw of the movie um that that rule was essentially like leaked to the jedi to make them never look for exegol that was one of their ways of hiding oh. this full army to have two now that's uh, a very kindergarten retroactive yes. designed yes. thing it does work but this kind of brought me to thinking the way film is now and the way everything exists across mediums right like oh, well, if you read the comic books or you read the novels or you play the video game, you'll understand the movie better, right? Right. I am all for expanded universe across mediums. Yes. But this was long, has long since been my stance on the Harry Potter movies. To me, past like the first or second, and I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan like right, Star right. Wars and stuff like that, but past the first one or two of those, um, you need to have read the books to fully take in the movie. The movie right. relies on the books. Right. To me, the the essential thing in an adaptation is 
reading the novel, reading whatever goes along with it, exploring the video game should enhance your experience, but the movie should not be relying on it. The movie right. has to stand alone, even if it simplifies things and you can expand it other ways. It can't not work. Things can't not be clear unless you try the other medium because it is a film and it should stand on its own. That's right. just the way I feel about it. And that's why I've always felt those adaptations, unlike, I know I joke with you about this a lot, but unlike a Lord of the Rings, where the movies stand completely on their own. Right. And if you dig into the novels, there's a ton more information and you right. will get more out of it, but you will not lose anything watching the movies. It really bothers me with these new Star Wars that they ignored that and they act like that's a valid excuse. And I and I always felt the same way with Harry Potter. I felt like once you got into the later ones, now that I've read the books, because I've recently been reading them, I'm like, right. oh, okay, now I'm more critical of this movie, but I also understand <laughs> what they failed at yeah. uh, in so many ways. Um, so that was sort of, I just wanted to put one last button. No, on that's, me that's very on interesting. What's, what's, what's weird about that concept, which I think most people would agree with you about all that, is that um, it's hard to have the context and kind of objective take on whether a movie is doing that or not or succeeding or not uh, if you haven't read the source material. Sure. So my question to you is, because this is very specific, um, you liked Picard as a series for the most part. Yeah. I hated it with a passion, but the point is that um, there were, just like Star Trek 2009, JJ, there was a countdown comic book series leading up to it that is considered supposed to be canon mm -hmm. um both of which were written by alex or uh, at least produced by and story by alex kurtzman before those respective things came out right and so i did read those comic books uh before picard um and uh and i have them i'll have to give them to you sometime i should have brought them to you um but anyways the uh the question I have, this is so specific, is the the two characters with Picard, the two Romulan kind of servants yeah, yeah, that he has, yeah. um, did you find them fleshed out? Did you find <laughs> them missing? Did you find them confusing? I did not. And you're right. Okay. That, that is, I think that's a completely valid, I see where you're going. And I remember even talking to Jess at first, I wasn't sure if they weren't Vulcan because they look similar. Right. And then I right. kind of quickly realized they're Romulan. But at the same time, I was like, okay, there's been a lot of history and backstory that I did think going through the series, we were going to get more from them and kind of that. <laughs> okay. right, and we right. never did. And, you, and, you're, and this is why I say I enjoyed it, but it's firmly in the middle of all the yeah. Star Trek stuff gotcha, for me. Gotcha. Um, but I think you're, if you're saying like same thing, same problem there, I can only agree with you 100%. Well, okay, fair enough. I, I guess I guess that's my point is that I I don't have a concept of that. The I, I don't th or I, I I guess I could if I really really went back and watched it again. Yeah. But um, but without having those books, I'm I'm trying to put myself in that position of trying to figure out would I have been super confused by these characters? And yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is that listening to the Star Trek next conversation podcast on the Picard episodes, that's Matt's whole thing mm -hmm. is yeah. you should not have to read the book because he didn't read those graphic Me novels. And Matt, and he, that's why we he get along. Hates the concept of uh, that. It's kind of like required reading yeah. Um, yeah. when, uh, you know, it is a prequel series, it, it gives you the background of those characters, right. um, who are, uh, ex Tal Shiar agents and they have a weird history and, uh, there's a lot of things in those books that give you context. But, um, the fact that uh, that couldn't have been the series because the, the way I'm, and this is different from the movies that you're talking about and everything, um, 
the Picard series had 10 one-hour episodes, and it feels like a show that is just drawing out things, Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't feel very fast-paced. And it's kind of like if you're trying to tell a story um, in 10 episodes, why even have those countdown comics? Put that in the show. Yeah, completely agree. You have the story. Inarguably, uh, and then you make a show that feels super slow and weird and without much kind of yeah. um, you know context for these characters and, and character you know motivations. And, and this like, once again comes down to the fact so that I, I would never stand and argue my point uh, passionately. That oh no, this is a good show. I, I only say right. as a more casual fan of this than I am of a right. Michael Jordan or a Star Wars. Or right, whatever. right. Um, as a more less passionate fan of them. I say this doesn't bother me. However, in no way am I going to get up on a soapbox and say, "Oh, right. calm down and Why fight do you take for it." Because yeah, I yeah. absolutely yeah. hate when people say that. Uh, <laughs> this would be like me standing, kind of like the saying, Rocky thing. Rocky's not a good movie. Um, <laughs> just, just like the keep Rocky. Touching on this yeah, from now yeah, on for yeah. as long as our podcast lasts <laughs> before the world ends. Um, but no, I completely agree with you. I think it's right, and you know what? It's no different than let's let's put the you know the shoe on the other foot, right? Like if you were to read a novel and put in that time. And they said, well, yeah. you know, I know you didn't really get all of it, but you got to watch the movie to go on. People would absolutely lose. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like it would, would it seems an cool. insane yeah. idea, even if, oh, the book was good. It had some good parts, but it really doesn't make sense until you watch the movie. That's not a thing. No. So it does bother me as such a fan of film and the art and the craft yep. of film to like be doing that. I- I'm fine connecting things. I think it's cool to have extended universes and TV and video games and all yep. that stuff, but they have to be able to stand alone. That is a criteria. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with all of that. But I know that the reality of filmmaking and all of this is that they don't adhere to that kind of rule. Right. So that's They're why wrong. I was desperate. They are wrong. <laughs> but that's why I was desperate to read the comics before Picard because I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to do. I have to read them because they're going to give me that context. Same thing with all the short treks. Those short treks. Um, are epi- you know mini episodes yeah. that give you context for some of the things that happen in Discovery, and without them, I just feel like I'm not getting all of the story uh, because right. the storytelling already is kind of obscure and maybe subpar right. in some ways. So it's like I need everything that I can get. And they, re- um, I didn't really necessarily like this episode, but they should be the short trek sh- should be like the Tribbles thing or like the mm-hmm. Mars one where the two. Oh yeah. There. It's Just something that we've already stories. seen in the yeah. series and we, right. we know the background, but now look, here's two people that were affected by it separately. Mm-hmm. That is an mm-hmm. expansion that right. you're not relying on. It doesn't matter if you've seen it, but it's a little extra. The triple thing is the same thing. If they were just creatures that reproduce, oops, we came across them. Now they're plaguing the ship like in the original right. series. That's fine. Now that we see how they started even better, but it's not something that's critical like some of the other short treks where it's like, why wasn't this part of the series as a flashback? I've, had, I've heard like some rumors because we're getting, we're supposedly getting a Captain Pike series, um, Pike and oh, Spock and the no. Enterprise. We're, we're supposed to be getting that series, but I've heard some rumors that they're going to approach it more from a, a TOS or TNG uh, standpoint of, uh, you know, adventure of the week. And I just, I'm excited if they do that's that. That's what I'd rather have. That's <laughs> great because stuff. I really yeah. like, I like, Spock uh, in the I think Ethan Peck's doing a great job and mm-hmm. I think Anson Mount's doing a great job as Pike For sure. and uh, I, I it could end up being to me the best Star Trek we have now if they right. do that yeah because um, however so. we've evolved and however TV has evolved 
you can't argue if you're a Trek fan, you can't argue that you didn't fall in love with that original model. That the formula model, that's what it is to begin. It with. does transcend because I, you know, me rewatching right now, I'm watching TNG enterprise and Voyager. Uh, wow. wow. That's, that's sad. They are satisfying. It's yeah. a satisfying thing. Yeah. So, uh, how's anyway. Voyager going for you and enterprise? I, I mean, I'm only, so uh, they only put out one of those podcasts per month Got from it. TNC. So and along. so I'm just that's following cool. along. So we're only three or four episodes into each of those, but I got to say enterprise is essentially as bad as I remember it, but I, I yeah. am fully committed. I'm going to watch <laughs> yeah, all of it. I still love it because you love um, the I'm only watching one per month or one per yeah. every two weeks or whatever. And Voyager is uh, Voyager. Me having never seen any of Voyager right. at all. Right. Voyager's really good so far. I, I, I am going to watch DS9 eventually because right. I'm so behind on all of these other shows. But so far, I love Voyager, and honestly, I love Jane. I've seen a bit of DS Nine. She's great, and She's I, great. I know that people mean. say that uh, uh, that uh, Cisco, Cisco, yep, <laughs> yep, Cisco, Cisco is one of the best kind of captains, and and I I love him. But there's something about Janeway that makes me think she might end up being my favorite captain. You're you're putting my fanhood to shame on on Star Trek, but um, but I uh, I, I like I said, more of a casual fan. But I'm at some point, I'm going to get to Enterprise and Voyager. Right, I, right. I think. That, you know, I'm just going to have to see all of them because, like you said before, we're completionists, and yep. I'm probably a little too obsessed with <laughs> consuming everything from the things I like, even the stuff that I'm like, yeah, this is bad. But I'm. It's weird, man. I, the reason I didn't watch yeah, these years ago when they were on, I, I I think it's because I have such a blind obsession with TNG that I actually resented mm. that these other things existed and it, it all, oh, play, wow. I mean, literally I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. And I think that I, I, it spills over into the resentment that I have for Picard and these other things and why I hate them so much, because I, I, I also will argue that they're there. It is objectively bad, but I, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a, that's another <laughs> argument. But, but I guess what I'm getting at is that I, uh, my lack of knowledge about other Star Trek series, you know, I know all the movies and TNG and TOS pretty well, but everything beyond that, um, I think it's just resentment, like real, real, real strong obsession with the original. So, so it plays in, you know, some might say that that's lack of fandom because I don't know them all, but I think it's the opposite. It's like, it's like too much. <laughs> fandom yeah. It's for like my TNG. original series love for star Wars. Yeah. And the other just, ones are, I, but hey, you've come a long way and you've evolved <laughs> and what you're, what you're doing. I is think saying I'm choosing joy. I'm I think it, joy. I think it took me 20 years, Over but yes, I, I got there. Yeah. That's what um, Kobe taught me with Michael Jordan. So you got to choose to love watching somebody who's incredible right. and not resent them for being like the person you loved. It's like, it's another joy if you're uh, a basketball yeah. fan. So, yeah. And that should bring us to rotten tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes. So I have it perfectly, timed up with uh, and I and by the way I know that you just dealt with this a bunch with uh, DNVR but um, I have Rocky the original Rocky what do you think those numbers are <laughs> oh this could be you, so you might have looked it up re- you might have looked it up recently it. I don't know no but, no no I don't think I did go ahead um, yeah, yeah. I will say the critics gave Rocky a, a 90 okay I'm gonna say the critics gave Rocky an 86 and the fans gave the original Rocky a 90 so the critics gave it 94 oh, and okay. the audience 69. 
So wow, so yeah, it's pretty low. Numbers are I just mean, not it was it. it was shocking to me. But that critics, the people who understand film, exactly. <laughs> look know, at how, me jump from amazing. fans to critics, depending on whatever supports my argument. Right, right, right. You know what's funny? It's I was funny. gonna say, I swear to God, ninety four jumped into my head, and I was like, no, too high. That was the the exact. Well, I would agree with you. That seems too high, you know. But whatever. Um, This is a hard left turn to one of the. You know, too many of those DNVR kids voting on this shit. (laughs) Yeah, right. For audience, Um, they really they really brought that number down. Um, So talking about uh, or finishing up uh, a Nick Cage movie from last time, uh, Vampire's Kiss. What do you think that is? Oh my god! Let's always start with critics first. Okay, okay. From here on out, we'll do critics. Yeah, yeah. Critics are for Vampire's Kiss gave it a 65. Okay. Audiences gave it a 40. So 61 from critics, very close, and 53 from audience. So you're very, we're very, very, very close. close. Yeah. And you know what? Vampire's Kiss is a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> I would never rant for 30 minutes because it's not worth it. Uh, but to me, it's a masterpiece right. of insanity. And Nick Cage. Like, I almost think it's the perfect vehicle for Nick Cage. Um, Truman Show. Ooh, Truman Show. I think audiences gave Truman Show uh, nope. an critics 88. first. Critics oh, first. Sorry, critics. That's yeah. what I meant. I yeah, think yeah. critics gave uh, Truman Show an 88. Okay. I think that was really topical at the time right. and where we thought we were headed. And I think audiences gave Truman Show, uh, we'll say an 80. We'll say pretty tight. So 94 from critics wow, and 89 from audiences. So that was Still actually pretty, pretty higher than I thought. But yeah, very, very good. That one has not lasted the way I thought it would. But at the time, I think was really considered a real masterpiece. Just the the, the beginning you, you of, don't of think reality that it TV. actually holds up? Is that what you're saying? I, no, no, no. I oh, haven't okay. watched it in a long time. I'm saying I don't think it's had the staying power I thought okay. it would. I yeah, thought I got we would you. look back. Even five years after Truman Show, I thought, you know, we're always going to look back at this. The way now I feel like we'll look back at Social Network because Facebook <laughs> yeah. changed right, right, everything. Right. Um, I think part of that, this might be naive, but uh, I feel like part of that might just be that we tend to talk about what's in front of us. And I think that if Truman Show hit Netflix right now, I I don't know if it's on any streaming, but but I think if it hit Netflix right now, I think people would talk about it and i think Tiger it probably King support that argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly um so at least that's how it feels right now in the world um okay fair one enough. of my favorites swordfish oh good god okay i think critics gave swordfish a f- 50 okay. a 48 and okay. i think audiences gave swordfish a 60 so 48 and 60 this is shockingly low but critics 25 Oh, um, they did not like that. Jesus Christ. Like, that is so low. And uh, audiences, I, 59. You are almost spot on. Oh, so. I'd have to rewatch to reassess. I just, you hey, know, that listen, movie is we are as going dumb as to it watch should this be, movie but together. I like it. That one's got to be on our poll, right, I, if it's available right It's now. not available on anything right now, but uh, I'll keep an eye out for it. Um, I That was really Hugh Jackman's breakout, man. Yeah. That was pre-Wolverine. Oh, 100%. And, uh, and I just think it 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 is... It's one of the last really good John Travolta movies before he seemed weird. You know, I think this was pre him being weird. His opening Um, monologue is an all timer for me, whether the movie holds up. We've thought about playing that for our opening clip, but it's very long. And I think that's the big issue with it. But if you you haven't listened to that rant, um, or actually, maybe I'll play it as the outro. That could be cool. What do you think about that? Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do that. Um, and then last but not least, oh, this, I have the wrong link here for this one. 
Um, the well, last... Wait, before you get to that, you yeah, know what's funny ahead. about Swordfish? Swordfish was literally marketed as, this is the movie Halle Berry shows her tits in. Right, it <laughs> like, totally you know is. I mean? like, that's it, was literally a, it was definitely a different time. Um, anyway. Last but not least, Aliens. Oh, wow. Okay. Aliens from critics. We've done Alien, but this you know is what? Aliens. I'm going to go with, for, for critics from Aliens, yep. I'm going to go with a 94. Okay. And from audience for Aliens, I'm going to go with a 92. Man, you're so good at this. So, uh, critics, 97, and 94 from audiences. So I'm all over it. I'm all over it. It's pretty it. good, man. I, 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 that seems right to me. That, <laughs> the alien fans are, are all, you know, and I'm, I'm really good at assessing what's good and what's bad. Like, Rocky's sure. great. And, uh, yeah. You are right about all that. Um, well, so. Uh, you know I'm desperate because I bring it up every five minutes. <laughs> I need you to like what I like. Right. Um, I uh, would like to. Uh, uh, talk about some listener feedback. It's a very small thing. But yeah, didn't you have some it. listener feedback also? Someone uh, said well, something. <laughs> I, I just appre- I appreciate um, everybody tuning in. I think we had some really good responses from the commentaries. Yeah, um, people I, seem I to appreciate... really love our National Treasure commentary. So well, yeah, uh, my buddy Chance really loved it. I mean, probably as much as anybody that I've talked to. But uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody voting. A lot yes, of fa- uh, yes. friends and fans and listeners voted in. And also, again, I brought them up a couple times. But um, the DNVR guys just. Um, promoting our pod and have listened to some of our episodes and hey that's and great got some good feedback thank you guys too, thank you so. adam thank you yeah, all, much all appreciated you folks um, and check them out also any sports fans that also listen to this don't be uh, put off by their incorrect takes on rocky just listen to them they're good yeah what is the i i actually have never downloaded their podcast is it just the denver sports podcast yeah so that's the one thing that makes it a little bit uh Hard. niche i mean they you know yeah. they are set in denver and their their listenership is largely denver and you know and rightly so but you know they cover just a lot of nba stuff and a lot of sports stuff because when you look fan, up dnvr really they have they're obviously a whole podcast group they have multiple right. for the different right. sports and everything so the one that you were on what was it so it's it's basketball. It's the Adam Mares kind of corner. Oh, the Nuggets podcast. So yeah, it's primarily oh, got it, got basketball. It. Yeah, 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 cool. So. Um, yeah, I didn't know which one it was, but uh, he used to be on Locked On Nuggets, uh, and then basically they they've sort of uh, started to build up this company. They've got a sports bar now. I mean, if we ever cool. come into COVID, uh, where they can set up you know yeah, live let's... shows, they do post game stuff. They're, That's they're, cool. It's really it's a lot. It seems like a dream, honestly, to me. Well, the same I as am you and subscribing I would right now. Theater. Yeah. The DNVR Denver Nuggets podcast is what we're talking Check about. Check them out. Yeah. Um, very cool. That's awesome. Um, well, uh, I had some listener feedback from uh, a buddy of mine, Kevin, up in uh, Berkeley. He said, uh, first off, amazing commentary on National Treasure. By the way, Kevin, hope you're okay with me reading shit. If you send me something about the podcast, I'm going to I'm going to read yeah. it. Um, yeah. He said, amazing commentary on National Treasure. Fuck that Riley guy, which that's very <laughs> validating. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I agree. Oh, feels good. Fuck that Riley guy. Point of view. Um, he said, second, Popeye from 1980 is also on Netflix. Um, Whoa. I don't know if I could revisit that, that one. And I feel the same. So Nightmare he's fuel. he's making a case for it. I'll only finish. He says, Robin Williams, Shelley Duvall, music by Harry uh, Nilsson. I don't actually know who that is, but um, – an entire town of professional circus acrobats, clowns as the cast. One of my favorites could be a good one. Lots of good info about there about the uh, out there about the nightmare of production, which I have heard some about, uh, which was just pounds of blow in a tiny town on the edge of the Iron Curtain, and it shows. <laughs> so that's his uh, feedback to us about uh, maybe maybe our next commentary track. I don't know. I'll write it down, Kevin. Maybe we'll let the people speak. You know, <laughs> uh, Popeye to me is an interesting concept and sort of 
fails as a film from right. my memory of it, but right. it really Me does too. feel like a perfect uh, vehicle for Robin Williams. I will say that. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's Vampire's Kiss for Nick Cage. That's Popeye for right. Robin Williams. Just let him play a cartoon character. That's what he is. Yep. You're not wrong. Um, well, Rest this is all, this is all great. Um, I am Popeye. I'm making a note. Um, yeah. And uh, I think lastly, we should talk about some gems. Um, do you have one or one. do you need a minute? I've come up <laughs> okay, with one. Go no, ahead. No, uh, in the course of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I was chatting kind of beforehand. Um, I wanted to uh, mention a a very strange movie. It's not going to be for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but it's called, we were just talking about it. It's called Gentleman Broncos. Oh, yes. And here's the thing. I'm only <laughs> recommending this to people if you liked Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. And you felt like Napoleon Dynamite was not weird enough. <laughs> like it was too straightforward. It's too much for the masses. And you want a little right, more of right, that private right. corner. That's Gentleman Broncos for you. It has some of the most fun quotable lines. You mentioned this seen. earlier, and I absolutely forgot this movie existed. So I'm I'm excited to uh, watch it again because I love those people. And uh, yeah. there's some good quotes. <laughs> it's weird and sure. wild and a lot of fun. Check it out if you can. Uh, um, okay. My hidden gem is thanks to our buddy Russell. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were watching a movie and he was, uh, I think it came up in trivia or something like that about uh, Miyazaki movies, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I uh, have not seen, I uh, had not seen any of them. I'll be honest. Wow. So uh, I know that like Howl's Moving Castle is very famous, yeah, Spirited, yeah, Spirited Away. Away. There's there's a few of these that are just so iconic. Castle in the and Sky. I, and I love uh, animated films. I just – I haven't – I don't have much knowledge about Japanese, you right, know, right. Um, uh, animation. And so he said, you know what? If you're watching your first one, watch Porco Rosso. Have you ever seen Porco Rosso? No, I haven't. So I hadn't heard of it, but I also didn't know. Um, And he said, check that one out. He didn't tell me any more about it. And I didn't look up really what it was. I think think maybe he mentioned like it's about this fighter pilot. And um, I didn't look up anything else about it. I just went in cold, watched it. And I don't know if this is traditional, but it had a – it had a an English audio track, so I don't I don't know if that's yeah. normally how you watch them, but uh, they they do those for pretty much all of them. Okay, uh, they it. also have the subtitle version, but right. I, in a, in a lot of ways, because it's so much about the beautiful animation, I think the track for the voices is better to change that over. To English, I'd, I'd rather yeah. have the yes. art and be able to look at it 100%. than have the original performance. A thousand percent. Like I thought that. about that a lot watching it because I was like, okay, I I don't know if the the I don't know if I would have been closer to what they intended. Uh, in Japanese, I think I think the English on. And by the way, th- these are not just shitty v- versions of the audio track. They get Hollywood A list. Oh yeah, as the yeah. talent, all of them. So do. this is Michael Keaton is the star. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's about a pig uh, who flies uh, a, a fighter plane in 1930s Italy, um, or, or near Italy, and um, it's like he's hopping from island to island, and he's going he's like a kind of a mercenary pilot anyways super interesting super beautiful one of the more entertaining movies i've seen in a long long time so that's my hidden gem even though for a lot of miyazaki fans that's not hidden at all but it's just new to me so but you know what 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 it is about him particularly yeah you could say this about all that animation but especially him because he does every frame right like himself just him hand i actually don't know know anything about him so i think he still does that i know for a long time he did but right the thing about it is if you're a film fan or even animation or even just art um whether you like the movie or not i mean this is one of those things where you sort of have to tip your hat and say this is an absolute artist i mean i i saw something uh where um it was a 
I can't believe I'm going to blank on his name. Pixar, the the head honcho. Um, like John Lasseter? Or? Yeah, John Lasseter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, right. Where he was just thrilled. He had Miyazaki there. Like, he, they brought uh, him in and had that day. And he was just like, I mean, this is the absolute yeah, the, king. The I king, mean, yeah. he's considered just the gold standard. I mean, and that's every all he does. He just sits in the Every frame of this movie was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. And, and it's all hand-drawn. And I, it's just it's hard to comprehend the level of detail and creativity in just the background. Yeah, shit oh, yeah. that is not even so layered like, and so much. And this is the kind of thing that I I go into fully knowing I I will never appreciate this as much as I can because right. I'm just not going to spend the time to take it all in. Right. But I'm still I'm just so in in awe of it and sort of uh, yeah. I, I just think it's incredible. Well, um, I'm gonna now probably dive down into a Miyazaki hole, so that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Get in there, I, man. This I is the time. I think we're done, and I think uh, congrats on the oh longest God. non-commentary episode by far. We did it. Um, I I kind of figured this would happen, just um, under two hours, right at the two ju- hour. Point. But we're gonna we're gonna play a clip <laughs> as our outro. <laughs> okay, so right it's over two us, hours. It's gonna put us over, over two hours. Two hours. And, uh, and we well, you know the thing is when you sprinkle in the commentaries, you yeah. have twice as long to have seen stuff yeah. to talk about. So it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's a plethora I, of sort good of, shit. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's play the cut. This is the opening scene from Swordfish, which, uh, you I just are think welcome. is really great. And, You're welcome, everybody. um, 45% uh, from critics, I guess. Uh, 45. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, guys, uh, it's enjoy. Kind of we, it's kind of thanks for listening and checking out the commentaries. We appreciate it. Thanks for all the feedback. You know, keep that coming. Yeah, um, we're enjoying this. We hope you guys are too. Here we go. Stay safe. You know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit, unbelievable, unremarkable shit. Now I'm not some grungy wannabe filmmaker that's searching for existentialism through a haze of bong smoke or something. No, it's easy to pick apart bad acting, short-sighted directing and a purely moronic stringing together of words that many of the studios term as prose. No, I'm talking about the lack of realism. Realism. Not a pervasive element in today's modern American cinematic vision. Take Dog Day Afternoon, for example. Arguably Pacino's best work. Short of Scarface and Godfather Part One, of course. Masterpiece of directing, easily Lamette's best. The cinematography, the acting, the screenplay, all top-notch, but... They didn't push the envelope. Now, what if in Dog Day, Sonny wanted to get away with it? Really wanted to get away with it? What if... Now, this is the tricky part. What if he started killing hostages right away? No mercy, no quarter. Meet our demands are the pretty blonde and the bell bottoms gets it in the back of the head. Bam, splat. What, still no bus? Come on. How many innocent victims splattered across a window would it take to have the city reverse its policy on hostage situations? And this is 1976. There's no CNN. There's no CNBC. There's no, there's no internet. Now, fast forward to today, present time, same situation. How quickly would the modern media make a frenzy over this? In a matter of hours, it would be the the biggest story from Boston to Budapest. Ten hostages die. Twenty. Thirty. Relentless. Bam, bim. One after another. All caught in high def, computer enhanced, color corrected. You practically taste the brain matter. All for what? A bus? A plane? A couple of million dollars that's federally insured? 
I mean, it's not within the realm of conventional cinema, but what if? Well, there's a problem with that movie. Really? It wouldn't work. How come? Audiences love happy endings. Pacino escapes with the money. Boyfriend gets a sex change. Live happily ever after. No? No. Ah, homophobia. Bad guy can't win. It's a morality tale. One way or the other, he's got to go down. Life is stranger than fiction sometimes.